from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call. DT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Hope you're enjoying your TGIF early right now and taking some time for yourself, for the family, for friends and whatnot, and enjoying the day today. Beautiful day, and we're definitely in spring. I think we are past our winter clock. I think we've made it at this point and I think it's time to relax, take it all in and enjoy what we have coming up today. So appreciate y'all for being a part of the show and a part of the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on mixlr.com backslash DT. Let's hop into the morning menu because there's more than enough to discuss today. So let's get into that right now. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Today's morning menu proudly brought to you by all of our great partners that work here with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media. I want to thank each and every single one of them. For being a part of the show, you can check them all out by going to wakeupcalldt.com and right there on the homepage, you'll be able to see all of our great partners. I want to give a special thanks to Carvel DeWitt, Chick-fil-A Cicero, FanHands.com, the Penn and Trophy Center, Utica Pizza Company, 315 Chiropractic and Wellness, LJ Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty, Giovanni's Tuxedos and Formal Wear, Honda City of Liverpool, The Wildcat Sports Pub, Dreisig Apparel and Dreisig Lady, it's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, and Looking Glass Events. I also want to give a shout out to my brother's show, which, not my brother's show, but the brother show, the other show that we do, the entertainment show, and that is Super Powered Pop. Big shout out to the Fourth Wall Comics and Collectibles, located on 41 New Hartford Shopping Center in New Hartford, New York, right by Utica, New York. So make sure that you hop over there. Not too far from Central and Upstate New York and definitely the place you want to be for comics and collectibles. So make sure you find your way over to a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal place that I love to that I mean I love to go to and that's the Fourth Wall Comics and Collectibles. Good prices, good people, great conversation and trying to do things for this community that this community hasn't seen and like the events that they just you know the event that they just hosted with some of the comic book men with Brian and Walt from the stash that's you know obviously Jay and Silent Bob and whatnot so thank you to the fourth wall for all that they do for Dance to broadcast media and of course for Super Powered Pop with that being said we're here this morning on Friday May 11th of the great year 2018 and it's time to get into some some things we're going to do today that I'm very excited about. The annoying moment of the week is what we always do to start off Friday's show. 
And then at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be joined by Samantha Tortora. That's right, we're going Tortora Squared. I don't know what that's going to do to the show. I don't know if it'll put us in an infinite loop of Tortora wonder. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that Sammy and I will be on the air at the same time on different sides of this thing. So I'm very happy that I'll be in the studio here. Sammy's going to be in Albany talking with us. She is a sophomore for the Albany Great Danes lacrosse team, and she did a phenomenal job. She took it to the number one team in the nation, and despite not getting the dub, she definitely put a lot of great work together. And like I said, their final regular season game that they had at home they went up against Stony Brook, the number one team in the nation, not just the America East Conference, and she was able to account for six of the eight goals scored against the top team in the nation. So Sammy will be joining me around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time for significant sound bites, and then at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be joined by Mike Sofka. For those of you that missed the man, Mike of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com and I always discussing the NFL, its link to fantasy football, and reminding you that if you want to learn about fantasy football, if you want to get your information and you want to get prepared, you come to us, HalloFameFantasyFootball.com, as well as WakeUpCallDT.com and going to the fantasy football page. Mike and I know that fantasy football is a round-the-clock thing. It's not just during the season. It's all the time. So for you to be prepared, we're going to discuss some of those off-season moves in the NFL that we believe could affect your fantasy roster right away. And then at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I'll be joined by the man who's hanging out in studio this morning, and that is John Newman of Newman Sports Cards. We're going to discuss more from the sports card world. We're going to do it on video on Facebook Live. You'll be able to watch. And, of course, here on MixLR.com backslash DT, you'll be able to hang out with us here as well. We're going to start it at 10.30 Typically, the show goes to 11. Most more than likely, we're going to go a little bit over that, so you'll be able to get an extension of the show here on MixLR.com backslash DT, and you'll be able to watch us on Facebook Live as well. I want to thank everybody that's been watching the videos and hanging out with us. We cover different topics. We connect it to the sports world. We have a lot of fun, and we always release some cards that we have in our collection during this, so it's really cool for us to to do that for you as well, as John Newman owns Newman Sports Cards, and I just love collecting. I've started to sell a little bit myself, had a lot of success with that, so it's good to you know send my cards off to people that want them and want to put them in their collection, and it's it's nice for me to be able to you know clear out some stuff because I've been collecting since I was a little kid, so. It's, it's definitely an environment that, that I love to be in because I, I love the fact that, you know, you can, you can look at these. I mean, I have cards all over the studio, and I love looking at them and, and collecting my favorite players and getting some autographs and showing them to my dad, uh, Kate's father. I call him dad, not dad-in-law. He's a, he's a good dad. And him and I were hanging out yesterday after the show. And I was able to show him the Hank Aaron that I got from Newman Sports Cards and also the Hank Aaron Game Use Bat Card and the uh, Reggie Jackson Game Worn Piece of the Pinstripe Pants. And he was losing his mind over it. So, And he's been a collector for a while. He said that he sold part of his collection and got a down payment on his house a few years back. So he... He definitely knows how to collect, and he's he's got some good stuff himself. So this is, you know, it's just a cool world, and it's an extension of 
of sports and an extension of Wake Up Call. It allows me to do something new and different, something you you don't see when you turn on the TV and you're watching this network or that network or listening to this radio show. You, you don't get it from anybody else. And here we're using what we have and what we've done and the community we've grown to extend out to you and say, this is something else. This is something special. And I love it. So we're very excited to be back here on the broadcast in, in just a little bit. Uh, Mike and I, or Mike and I, John and I, after Mike and I speak, John and I are going to be having a conversation about a real autograph versus a fake auto, the facsimile autos, that if you see them on eBay, and you're like, wow, that Brian Harper autograph card refractor is only 10 bucks. Of course I'm going to buy it. I mean, these people are crazy. And then you get it to your house, and you realize that it's a facsimile. It was printed on there. It's it's like when you get a letter from like the president of your university, and... It, and they signed it, but didn't really sign it. And it's just, you know, printed on there like everything else is. So you have to be careful. You have to look close. And, and obviously, people that are selling them online have to be honest about what you're getting. So with that being said, we're going to have a, a big-time conversation on on real signatures versus fake, the facsimile signatures, and, and why you should be careful when you're out there trying to get the right stuff for your collection and and why you should pay close attention to what's going on. So the sports card world, like any other world, you got to look out for yourself and you got to make sure that you're being honest and, and that people are being honest with you. So we'll check that out in just a little bit here with John Newman. And that is going to be the show for today. So we are jam packed with information and excitement. It's a great Friday. We got great people coming on here. And we're going to get started with the annoying moment of the week right now. Dan Tortora proudly brings you... Is that for real? Are you kidding me? The annoying moment of the week. I, I really, honestly, I don't know how to respond to this. Presented by Carvel DeWitt. 4322 East Genesee Street. It's what happy tastes like. Do you have to be that crazy? I guess so. The annoying moment of the week proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt, 4322 East Genesee Street in DeWitt, New York, like you just heard. It is the home of the Wake Up Call Sunday. You get buy one, get one every Wednesday at Carvel DeWitt of the Wake Up Call Sunday, and you can get it any day of the week. Carvel, wonderful, beautiful, exciting, and tasty ice cream, vanilla chocolate, or a twist, topped off with my signature cookie dough pieces and caramel swirl. Head out to Carvel DeWitt today and get yourself the wake-up call Sunday. Caramel and cookie dough, the marriage that should have happened a long time ago. I rhymed because I was brought up on Dr. Seuss books, and I want to thank my grandma for one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. And now it is time for you to get yourself over to Carvel DeWitt. You knew I was going to Connect Carvel to Dr. Seuss today. I, I knew you felt it happening. I, I did too, but I didn't. But I did. And I'm happy that we did that together today. The annoying moment of the week. Well, I have a couple. And so we always like to call that two scoops. The first scoop is middlemen. Or middle women. Middle Earth. I don't know. For those of you that are that are big fans of Lord of the Rings. But... Middle people. Not a big fan of middle people. The people that 
you know somebody, let's say like for like, like an agent, perhaps an agent per se, where, you know, the actor or the sports person or whoever it may be, the writer and they, and you say to them, Hey, would you, would you like to, to do this? Would you like to work together on this? I think this would be great for us. And they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Just talk to my agent. And then the agent is condescending, rude, disrespectful, lying, you know, just wasting your time. Middle people. And not just that. When you go to interview a coach and, and the coach is like, yeah, 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 man, just call me up. And then there's a there's a little little tiny person somewhere going, no, 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 no. And a coach says, hey, I'm available on Wednesday. And then you get in touch with that person. You say, hey, coach said he's available Wednesday. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to do uh, the Wednesday the 12th, like a year and a half from now. That'd be great. The people that want to feel important, the people that want to be in power, and they're directly attached to the to the horse of the actor or the actress or the musician or the writer or the whoever that you're trying to get to, that's the person that you're trying to work with. But the middle people, they like to say no because it makes them feel good because for that moment in time, they feel important. I mean, it's not a long, annoying moment of the week. It's just a reminder to those middle people that when you are disrespectful, rude, nasty, lying, and wasting people's time, you're representing your client. And whatever you do connects to that client. And smart clients look to you and go, I'm either going to get rid of you or you're going to change your attitude. So to the people that want to feel important, that don't actually do things that are important, maybe start doing things that help the world, make Maybe start connecting with people and branching out and reaching out to people and not being judgmental of people and saying no every time. But maybe be nice to people. Maybe think the best in people. Maybe expect the best in people. You may be surprised that some of us good ones are out there. And when you piss us off, you got nobody to help you. And you might be set in a place where people love your clients, but they don't want to deal with you. And that ultimately is going to hurt your client, which is going to hurt your checkbook. And you'll eventually have to work with another client who maybe likes that you piss people off. But middle people need to understand you're there to be a gatekeeper. You're there to help weed out bad information, but you're also there to build good relationships. And if you don't know how to do that, you probably should find another profession because being the middle person is only good if you're a bridge, not if you're a bridge on fire. The second the annoying moment of the week that I have for people is, you know, I had this, it's, I know we've talked about customer service before, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean too heavily on customer service, but it's, uh, let's, let's say it's, it's efficiency, right? You know, they, they say that, it's not so much the phone call to the company, right? Your cable's not working right, so you call the company. And you want to know what's going on. It's the person that you get. And sometimes you get somebody that's honest with you and truthful and helpful, and, and they're going to move you forward. And then sometimes you get the person that's just a pain in the neck. And they think that you're lying. They think that you're cheating and stealing. They, again, expect the worst in you because some people are not nice. And it's hard for them to differentiate because they, the last phone call they had was awful. So I don't like the notion of it depends on who you get, but it's true. And it's with any company. You could call Disney Reservations and you could get a person 
that is, oh my gosh, Mr. Totoro, let me do this and this and this and this and this. Then you get another person who's, no, sorry, not available. Mm -mm." And I'm like, well, I'm looking at it on my computer right now. Yeah, your computer is different than my computer. My computer is special. And it's, (laughs) but it's, it's that type of, it's that, it depends on who you get. And you don't want to go to a restaurant that you love. And sometimes you get Sally and Sally brings your food out on time and Sally smiles or you get Betty. Betty hates the world and her existence and just wants to die a miserable death very quickly as soon as possible in her bed because she can't deal with life anymore. It's not your fault that you got Betty, but it definitely might affect your night if you let it. And that's the tough part of this is whenever somebody says, hey, this is a great company to work with, as long as you talk to Peter. Don't talk to Kyle. Just talk to Peter. Peter's great. A company should put its best foot forward with every client that they have. There's stores that I shop in that if girl A is there, I'm going to shop today. If girl B is there, if I like something, I'm going to walk out and hope that it's there next time. Because girl B is a pain in the neck. And girl B is not kind. She always looks at the ground. She never smiles. And you never know what's going on in somebody's life. So you don't want to be rude to that person. You don't want to be hurtful to that person. But as a customer, which we all are, we don't want to go to a place where it's good if you get A, but if you get person B, it's probably going to be frustrating. You always have to put your best foot forward. It's very hard to find good people. As the owner and president of CEO of Dan Tortora Broadcast Media LLC, interns are hard to find that are good and that are there. I mean, I had interns years ago when I was on one of the radio stations and and the traditional radio stations, and one of them didn't show for, show up for multiple weeks. Then she came in, and they hired her full-time to take a job, started paying her, and she never apologized, never spoke to me again, but she got promoted for not showing up to her job. Now, that girl will always not show up to her job or not show up on time or take weeks off because she has now been told by that company, your minimum or below minimum is completely fine with us. And that's not how I roll. I want you to be on time. I want you to be early. I want you to talk with me about stuff. If you don't understand something, I want to work it out. If you have an idea, I want you to bring it to me. I don't want you to be the person that's just, you know, grabbing water for everybody and wiping everybody's toilet seat off. I That's not what I expect, and I would never ask somebody to, to do something like that. I expect you to learn, to grow, and when you move forward in your life, I want to hope that Wake Up Call gave you something that can make you better, that Super Powered Pop gave you something that can make you better, that CNY Pop Festival gave you something that can make you better. That's what we do here. It's about building up and moving up and advancing. It's not about, hey, you know what, just get my coffee and sit in the corner. I never did that for anybody. I refused to. And I would never ask anybody to do that for me. Now, John brings tea every Friday that he's here, but that's because John wants to and not because I told him he has to. So let me preface that right here because I know John's sitting here going, well, I brought him I brought him tea today. <laughs> so he's, you know, man's lying on the radio, but I'm not because John said, I want to bring you this. And I remember the first time John said it, I said, don't do it. And he said, but I want to. And I said, you don't have to. And he's like, I don't care. So that's the difference uh, from me saying, John, go get me, go get me some tea and and pop a squat over there and let the big boys play because that's I would never run a company like that. So the annoying moment of the week, the second scoop is don't be a place where it's always 
well, if you get this person, that's great. But if you get that person, it's not. And I know it's hard with big companies, but you have to hire the right people. You know, it's, it's, I, and, and I brought up Disney because I worked there and there was, you know, it was what, 50,000, 70,000 of us cast members that are at Disney, just at Walt Disney World in Orlando. 70,000 people. So you're going to find a, a bad egg or two. You're going to find an egg that when you shake it, you're like, is there a chicken in here or is this an egg? I'm not sure if I want to cook it. I'm a little bit terrified about this egg. Some of them are cracked a little bit. Some of them, the yolk doesn't look right. But you have to weed it out. And you have to do your best to figure out what is good. You're not going to know everything about everybody, but when something goes wrong and somebody purposely does something bad, that's when we have to stand up and we have to ask better. And if better doesn't come out, then we need to tell that person, maybe this isn't the place for you. But efficiency is paramount. If I mailed it in half the time I was on the radio, that's not good. If I said I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I didn't do any of it, that's not good. And I can promise you that the projects that I said I was going to work on that I haven't finished yet were in my head this morning. Every single time I have something, it's in my head. Because I know i got to get it done, and I know I have to do it. i got to be efficient with it, and I know that I wouldn't want to wait, so I can't make other people wait. That's how you got to be. You have to say to yourself, am I willing to not do something on my end that I would be okay if somebody else didn't do it on their end? And if the answer is no, which usually it is, then you got to make a change. So don't be the annoying moment of the week. Be the, th- the person that people meet after the annoying moment of the week that go, oh, thank God you're here. Thank God I got you on the phone. And when they call the next time, you're still positive too. Be the change that's in my office. Be the change. Whatever that means for you, be the change. Always positive, but be the change. Don't wait for it. Be it yourself. We're going to take a step aside here for a fast break on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. After this annoying moment of the week, we'll take this fast break and come back with Samantha Tortora. That's right. It is my cause. People, are you related to a Tortora? I'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not a common name. We're not the Smiths. We're not the, the Thomases. Tortora is not a common name. And Samantha Tortora and I will be back after this. You're going to get two Tortoras at once. I don't know how the internet is going to handle this, but I hope that the bandwidth will take it. Samantha Tortora coming up in just a moment. Albany Great Danes women's lacrosse player coming out of her sophomore season just recently here, and she will be on the show in just a little bit. Phenomenal player, very nice person, and I can't wait to have her on the show. Samantha Tortora helping leading those Great Danes to a greater history coming up here, a greater present and a greater future, and she'll be on the broadcast here on Wake Up Call in just a moment. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. 
Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrySigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrySigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in DrySig Lady apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady. Com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, It's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of 
the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here online on your phone, tablet, desktop, laptop, smartphone, whatever it may be that has the internet, you are listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and we appreciate it very much. This part of the show is called Significant Soundbites, and it's dedicated each week to a significant person in the community, any community, central and upstate New York, our second home of Florida, somewhere out of the country or anywhere in the country that we have a significant person to come onto the show and speak with us and spend some time with us. For me, this is this is kind of awesome because as a broadcaster, I grew up playing basketball, so that was fun to do that. But to be a broadcaster now and have someone in the family that is out there playing a sport, not just playing it, but leading a team as a young player on the team, doing it well, playing as a true freshman and now as a true sophomore and trying to build a brighter future for that team and being very calm off the field and on the field, being somebody who people always remind me, hey, I played your cousin Sammy and I think she think she elbowed me. I think she came after me during one of the games. So she is uh, definitely a very kind and soft-spoken off the field, on the field, it's go time, and I'm happy to have her here on the broadcast this morning as we have a nice Tortora squared moment, which I don't get to do all the time. So, Sam, thanks for thanks for making the show all about Tortora, at least for a little bit right now. <laughs> Thank you. We don't get to do that a lot. <laughs> I know, and we're going to try and make that more more of a thing here with the Great Danes. I, I want to, you know, obviously get started with, because you and I, you know, we spoke recently after the regular season game, but hindsight's twenty twenty. You decided to go to Albany. You were recruited across the country. What made Albany so special from the beginning that made you want to go there? Um, I think for me, part of it was the distance, like how far how far it was away. It was only two hours, and I could still be home. And like, you know, I'm very close to my family, so I needed to be able to come home whenever I wanted, and that was nice. And my parents can come to every game, which is huge. And the other thing was like the coaching staff here was just. I felt like they really understood me and they understood where I was trying to go. I mean, I I even asked on my recruiting visit, is it possible for a freshman, sophomore to play and start? Because with some teams, that's not even a thought. You have to be a junior or senior to, like, start on the field. And they were like, no, 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 we have three freshmen starting. We have this, this. And it's definitely um, a possibility if, like, you work hard. So I think for that part was huge for me because I didn't want to be uh, sitting on the bench for two years before I could even play. And so when when they told you that, you know, yeah, there's an opportunity, you were speaking on the coaching staff that was at Albany, and, and there's obviously been a change from in the coaching staff and, you know, a little bit different. And, and I discussed that on the show yesterday when, when coaches change, when staffs change, if somebody's fired or if they decide to retire or decide to leave. It's not the player's fault, but 
it you know it can affect the player. What was what has that experience been like for you this season, and just how you've handled it? Because who recruited you is is not is not there right now. Uh, it was definitely very hard. I was very upset when I found out our head coach was leaving. Um, because for me, he was who recruited me. Like people have different connections with our assistant coaches because that's who recruited them. So we were, I, my teammates, we were all nervous on, is there a coach coming in? Is, are we having just the assistants as our now head coaches? Like we were, we had no idea what was going on. So I think that that part, that part of it like played into why we went 0-7 to start the season because we were still, we found out the day before practice started in January. So right before our season, everybody's excited to play, and then we find out that our coach left. So we were all, we didn't know how to deal with it, and um, I think it took us a while to find our footing and understand that, like, we're, okay, well, all of us are still here. We still have our assistant coaches. They didn't get rid of everybody. <laughs> we just, we we still have each other, and we'll figure it out, like, as we go. So I think it was a lot with how close my team is. I think that helped to get through this part of it, for sure. And when you speak on the closeness of the team, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, the team is young with sophomores and, and freshmen. How did you get so close? I mean, did this situation, essentially, of, of not having the head coach that recruited you, did that ultimately kind of speed up the process of bringing the team closer together, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think it, that was definitely part of it, because all of us, we all had questions and things that we just had to ask each other because we weren't really sure what was going on. And then another thing is before the season even started, we kind of made it a point that when the freshmen came in, we were going to treat them like, everybody else on the team where there wasn't going to be that hierarchy and seniors don't talk to freshmen and that kind of thing. Our entire team from seniors to freshmen are so close and you'll have seniors who text freshmen all the time. Like we we're all like extremely close. That's one thing I'm definitely going to miss with the seniors leaving, but we're going to try and keep that um, kind of environment going like as the years go on. Speaking here with Samantha Tortora of the Albany Great Danes women's lacrosse team, you were speaking on playing as a true freshman. You know, was there going to be an opportunity when you came in? What did you take out of your true freshman season? Because, I mean, you don't shy away from getting out there and playing, you know, eighth grader on varsity and then carrying that all the way through what you did, you know, while you were in high school and then moving forward and, and being where you are right now to play as a true freshman. This is normalcy to you. I don't think that I think that you're one of the people that would fidget a little bit sitting on the bench, but being a true freshman and going through it, what did you take away from being in college and right away having that opportunity right at your feet? Um, I think that it was, I think the biggest thing was I just learned that I was going to make mistakes because I was so young and I wasn't used to getting screamed at all the time. <laughs> and I definitely had to get used to that, but I can't, I can't even tell you how much that helped me become a better player into this year. So like I, I did okay. And like I played games in freshman year, but like then in sophomore year, I could take everything that I learned and everything I learned from Coach B and take it into this year, which I think really helped um, my game. Because it's two different. High school versus college is 
the the speed, the physicality, everything is so much different, and I don't think people really understand that. And when you look at the speed of the game, I mean, how how much of a change was it for you? I mean, you don't show it when people are watching. You know, you obviously play there, but I mean, how how different did it feel when you were there in Albany as a true freshman? Because you know, like. I mean, I have people tell me all the time, you know, Samantha's on another level. You know, she doesn't, it's not normal lacrosse. She just goes out and they ask her to do something and she does it. Did you feel a big change or for you, did it come naturally or how was it for you? Um, I definitely felt it in my body. Um, I was very sore and always sore during the season. There's literally not a day where I'm not crying because of how hurt my legs are. But it's like, um, it's just it's it's so fast and with our team we don't really sub for midfield and I run midfield so the amount of running that I do in a game is definitely a lot but I've definitely gotten used to it from last year but it was definitely like a culture shock when I first got here how much running I was going to do because just the speed of the game is faster so you don't get as many breaks as you would in high school they don't call as many fouls they don't do that stuff so you don't get to take a break like I would have in high school and when you go back to high school CNS and it's some it's a school that I work a lot with now with everything the North Stars are doing across all sports not just lacrosse and at Chick-fil-A Cicero once a month we have a show there dedicated to student athletes and I want to thank Jim Sikowski and the whole team at Chick-fil-A Cicero for that Sammy, there wasn't a Chick-fil-A there when you were going or else you could have you enjoyed some Chick-fil-A. So I'm, I'm sure that that's a little bit sad. But you're going to have to come into one of those CNS ones so you can get yourself some Chick-fil-A. Oh, I definitely will. <laughs> Next time I'm out. Now, being, being at CNS and, and having the opportunity that you had there, just what you could say about those moments. I, I know you played basketball and lacrosse and and did well in both. I know that ultimately your heart took you in the direction of lacrosse, but just what your time at CNS meant and what you took away from being a North Star for that time period in your high school days. Um, I mean, I definitely miss it. It was a lot easier than college, but um, I definitely took away a lot during high school. And I think high schools do the best they can to prepare you for college. They can't get you ready for everything, but my basketball and lacrosse coach definitely did everything that they could um, to prepare me to be at the next level. So that was huge, and like I hope they continue to do that because it definitely gave me a step up. And when you look back at your time at CNS, what were some of your, your, your greatest moments? Because you know on the basketball side of things, too, it, it, there was – so many good moments for CNS with with Eric Smith and continues to be for CNS. But your defense was was brought up a lot there on the court as well. What do you take with you from the basketball court now that you're just doing lacrosse and zeroing in on lacrosse? Do you miss basketball at all? And, and what were some of those moments that you take away with you? Um, I definitely miss basketball. I, I go shoot around. We have like rack courts. <laughs> so I've always wanted to go play because um, I miss it that much. But um, I definitely, I think that playing basketball gave me such an advantage and especially college lacrosse just because the intensity, the the physicality is probably the most thing that can like relate to each other. Um 
with basketball, you're hitting each other, you're playing defense, you're constantly bumping into each other, and that's just how it is on the field. And I think that um, what Coach Smith taught me over the years really helped um, playing lacrosse now. So I definitely thank him for that. And speaking here with Samantha Tortora, before I let you go, Sam, uh, coming from CNS and heading to the Albany Great Danes to look at uh, this season and, and look at Stony Brook, not only the, the top team in the America East Conference, but the top team in the nation regarded as that. And when you had your final regular season game against them, the score doesn't adequately show how the, the game actually went, in my opinion, because in the first half, it was relatively close and without some penalties and, and shots right in front of the goal for the number one team in the nation. So you expect them to make these Free, free throws, so to speak, when that wasn't happening and it was normal just run a play, you stayed right there with your team, Albany, stayed with Stony Brook in that first half, and ultimately the game was 21-8. Of those eight goals, you helped account for six of them with five assists and a goal yourself where you went coast-to-coast coast and down the field by yourself and made it happen. Just what you take away from experiences like that, I know it's about the team and it's about moving forward. I know you hate to lose, but when you have that success against the top team in the entire country, what does that do for you moving forward and for your team moving forward? Um, I think it just, I mean, after the game, even after the championship game, we, a lot of us were just smiling. Like, we couldn't wait for next year because we are so young and we only have three seniors, so we're not losing a lot of people. Um, there's definitely going to be spots to fill, but we we're just so excited to play them again because I can't, they have a lot of seniors graduating and that's most of their team. Like unlike us who a lot of us are sophomores or freshmen, they have 10, 10 plus seniors who are graduating and now they have to fill up a whole new lineup just like we had to do last year. So I think that next year and the year after is going to be our time to win the American East Championship. So I think it's definitely an exciting time to be a part of the team. And when you when you see what your team has done up to this point with the youth, and like you said, being excited to face Stony Brook again, being excited for what these next couple of years are going to bring, what have been the biggest improvements on the team? A team that started out 0-7 and then went on an 8-0 run. I mean, the tale of, of two halves of the season and, and seeing this team grow – what is the ceiling as you move forward, and what are you excited about? Um, I think the beginning of the season, why we had such an issue is we didn't know our place. Like We didn't know. We had people moving everywhere. We had people moving from defense to attack to midfield and just trying to find a spot on the offense. And that's hard because you can't build the chemistry when people are constantly moving spots. So that was huge for us to find. And it was actually right around the time we started winning when we finally got a set lineup and this is what we're going with and this is what we can um, build upon. So I think having that and realizing that most of those girls are coming back is very exciting. And, and as you move forward, I know that we, you know, kind of talked off the air about, about your little sister, Franny, and what she has done and what she's working to do as an, as an eighth grader at CNS. And she she likes to tell you and me and, and, and her dad and, and all of us, you know, I, I love it, though. I love the pause. I love it. I, you know. I, you know, you know, I, I just I had a couple goals and an assist against this really good team from Maryland as an eighth grader. I and, and I and I love that. What what can you say about 
you know, Franny, and I mean, obviously, you were at CNS, she's at CNS, you're playing D1 lacrosse, she, I'm sure, wants to play D1 lacrosse, just, just what you see in her, and what you take away from, you know, obviously, her game, because she is getting after it just like you are every single day. Um, I would definitely say she's exactly like me and did exactly everything that I did, um, times 10. So <laughs> she's, I, I'm so excited to see her. I'm so proud of her. And, um, we're definitely very competitive and we'll continue to be competitive. So I got to make sure I have my stats up. So when she gets to college, I can say, Hey, um, actually I scored this many goals. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> What's happening between us. Yeah, and it, it, is it, is it kind of that playful, you know, I mean, your, your sister's back and forth, you know, because you score a couple and she scores a couple and, you got an assist and, and she did something on the field. Do you, do you have that back and forth with each other? I mean, I know that, you know, I'll, I'll see your game or talk with you about it. And then I'll talk with Franny and, and kind of get a feel for both. And I'm like, okay, Franny did this, Sammy did that. But do you kind of razz each other back and forth and say, you know, I just scored six points against the top team in the nation. And she's like, yeah, well, I just went as an eighth grader down the coast and did this. I mean, is there that back and forth? Yes, there, I mean, there definitely is, but my dad definitely facilitates it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make sure that we're <laughs> trying to compete for it. Um, he definitely puts that competitive nature in us. Uh, she'll text me or he'll text me what she did, and then I'll say, oh, great job. Like, <laughs> that, that's good. And then he'll send me my stats from eighth grade or ninth grade and say, well, this is what you did, so she's doing better. <laughs> so we get that a lot. <laughs> Almost every day, actually, <laughs> it's very funny, but it's all playful, and um, I'm definitely proud of her. And and to to speak on that, I mean, family is obviously important, and and you know, I got to bring up, got to bring up the uh, the parents for you, and and just what it means to you. I mean, uh, your mother Jenna Briggs, and and your father Derek Tortora, just what it's it's been to you know have them growing up, have them at the games. You know, the the game at the culmination of the regular season, they were both there. They brought the the new pup out and whatnot, and uh, and that was probably you know the story of the post game was the dog, but but the, just what you could say about your family and and you know that helps you you know to make you who you are and it helps to build you up to who you are today. So what can you say about your parents and and what they've meant to you? Uh, they've been huge, um, even back when, when I was in sixth grade. Although they threw out in school, everything. Um, they've been there for the games and everything. Um, a lot of parents don't make it to every game or don't try to. Um, my parents will drive six hours in one day and then six hours home in the same day to just to make a game. So um, that's I appreciate them to no, no end with that. And um, my dad definitely, um, he trained me all the way through high school. To, so he's part of the reason why I'm prepared for college the way that I am. So I definitely appreciate both of them endlessly. <laughs> and uh, Dad is, you know, he 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 has definitely got a lot of emotion when it comes to to yeah. you and, and and to Franny. So what's that like to have, you know, that high energy Dad? And can you hear him on the field when you're playing? 
the funny part is I don't because everybody else does, but I've heard it for so long that I just zone it out. I really can't hear it. So if he's yelling at me, I normally, unless I look right at him, which means like I, I like need him for something, like I want him to tell me something, then I don't hear it. <laughs> I choose when I want to hear him screaming. <laughs> So you can you can shut it down pretty. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I've heard it for too long that I just it, it doesn't even phase me anymore. And he and he said you know on on car rides he'll he'll sit you down he'll sit Franny down and he'll say to you you know he always said he goes he's he's like you knock him down you build him up so he's like I tell my kids these are all the things you did wrong and let's cover that I want you to hear me I want you to be in this conversation with me and know the stuff you did wrong. And then now let's talk about how to get better and, and the things you did right. What do you think about his style of, of kind of being that, that coach outside of coaching? Um, I think it's definitely helpful because, like, as a parent, you're watching only your kid. You're not watching everybody on the team like a coach is or trying to keep track of how many turnovers are here, stuff like that. They're keeping track of team stats not personal stats and like what specifically you're doing wrong so as a parent and somebody who understands lacrosse it's definitely helpful to take at the end of the game oh you uh, you missed a, a look in the middle um in the middle of the eight and like he'll notice things like that not um not something that shows up on the stats so i think that can be very helpful that coming from Samantha Tortora. Sam, I want to end this by doing something that's called rapid fire. And we've done it for years on the show. It has nothing to do with sports. I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you. I'm going to throw a bunch of random questions at you. I want you to give me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready to play? I think so. <laughs> okay. Samantha Tortora, the Albany Great Danes. Yes, we are related. No, I am not her father for somebody that asked me that. But uh, I'm, I'm too young to be her dad, but happy to have her here on the show. Sam, first, the, your first rapid-fire question is, if you could have, have anybody play you in a movie about your life, who would it be? Oh, no. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> wow, I, I really don't know. Probably a reality TV-like person. I am a huge reality TV person. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And they're so funny, one of them. <laughs> Okay, so I, I have to. I'm gonna have to throw this out to you then. What are the reality shows that you watch? Well, currently I'm watching Jersey Shore and X on the Beach. I'm like really bad with MTV reality shows. I will tell you that I watched X on the Beach, and it's it. No, and I'm gonna say this on the show because I don't hide anything from anybody. It's like The Bachelor if The Bachelor was a bunch of bad decisions and scumbags. But that's oh, kind. Yeah. Yes, it, definitely. It's watching a train wreck. But I will say that we are both obviously Italian. It runs deep in our blood. We know what it's like to be a real Italian. We know that the Jersey Shore people are not Italian at all, yet we watch it. There's something about that. Why do, why do we watch it? Can you answer that question? I, I don't. It's I think it's really addicting a little bit. I don't think the drama that they bring with them, it, that has to be it. If, if you had to have a spirit animal be one of the people on the Jersey Shore, who would be your spirit animal? Mm, probably Wow, because she's, like, calmed down a little, and <laughs> she's better now. Because yeah, I, said, I said to my wife, because we were actually watching it last night, and I, oh, said, yeah, so I. <laughs> I said, if you took Snooki the day she came in the house, 
Snooki in Italy, Snooki in Miami the first time, and Snooki right now as a mother of two children, she right. gets drunk the same, she talks the same, and she's still as dumb as she was way back then. Yeah, it, I couldn't believe that she was still like falling all over the place, and I'm like, you're a mother of two. What is what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? So yeah. now, it, did you ever have a, a meatball moment? Have, have you ever had that? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> No, none, none that could be talked about. <laughs> okay, so no, no meatball moments, no, no falling off stages and stuff. No, no. Okay, that's that's good to know as family. So, and and I, I think it's also safe to say that real Italians were olive complexion. Fake Italians are orange. I, have you ever? You've never been orange, right? No, I refuse to spray tan, but it's huge on my team. Like. My team loves to spray tan, so our whole team one day will come to practice and everyone will be orange. Except so for you. Like, it's yeah, like playing on a team of Snookies. That's got to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of Jersey Shore people on my team. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Who is, I got to stay on this thing for a second here. If you had to date somebody on the Jersey Shore and it had to be one of the original cast, which one would you feel most confident dating between Mike, Polly, Vinny, and Ron? I would probably say Vinny because he's the least, he's funny and like he seems harmless out of all of them. <laughs> Are you surprised that Ron has completely lost his mind? No, I could have seen this coming seven years ago. Like <laughs> I've been watching the show for so long that I, I totally saw that coming. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not, yeah, and the way that they he holds hands with his his baby mama looks like somebody's oh, well, threatening him and making him do it. So it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> There's some right. There's something wrong with Ron. But the thing is, have you ever met somebody like Ron, where they know it's wrong, they cry, they feel bad about it, then they justify it. The door shut itself. It must have had a spring or something on it. Then knows that it's wrong. Then asks his girlfriend, "What did you hear?" And she didn't hear anything. Then feels bad and then says he wants to be with her forever and looks down at the ground when he's. Have you met anybody like that? No, uh, I mean I, I definitely met people that like to apologize and then do the exact same thing the next day, and that's pretty much Ron. So. <laughs> that's Ron. So coming off of the Jersey Shore, see you made my day because now. We can say the two Tortoras who know what it's like to really be a genuine Italian, for some odd reason, are drawn to the Jersey Shore. So I definitely am. It's not. I, I own up to it. It is what it is. Now, now, the last one that I'll ask of this because hopefully you'll answer this the way that I answer this. If not, then we're going to have to talk about some family stuff. But have you ever? Have you ever did the fist bump where you, and I'm going to try and get this right. Did you ever bump, the beat was bumping you so hard that you had to bump the beat back to keep it bumping. I think that's what Vinny said. Please yeah, tell me you've yeah. never bumped the beat like that. I, I haven't, but when that came out on the show and our whole team like went out that, like whatever, that weekend, oh, people were trying it. <laughs> you actually saw it more than you would think because everybody saw him do it and then everybody was out trying to um, <laughs> trying to do it. So I can't say I did it, but my team definitely tried to. All right. Not successfully, but <laughs> try. Not successfully bump the beat back. The beat bumped them too hard, whatever it is. So coming off of that, keeping with music, if you had one song that you could come out to every single game, what song would it be and why? Um, well, I'm pretty terrible with music, but 
Probably like um, it's gonna be corny, but probably like Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> All right, no, that's fair enough. Everybody loves it. <laughs> yeah, Rocky's like instilled in me because of my father. <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like I feel like your father Derek uh, sat you down when you were probably oh. two and played Rocky. Yes. Oh no, I, I <laughs> we had every movie. <laughs> it could have been on rerun, rerun some days. <laughs> Yeah, and back in the day when you couldn't, like, do, there was no DVRs and on-demands and all this stuff, Rocky was played around Christmas time because my grandmother always had it on. Oh, yeah, and then when the one Rocky came out on Christmas Eve, oh, you know my family was in the movie theater on Christmas Eve. (laughs) My goodness. I got to ask you this. Favorite, your dad said that you guys have your own traditions, and we were talking about building traditions with family and doing special things as a unit. And he said, you know, we'll make meatballs and pasta. And he said, Franny and Sammy and I will sit there and we'll eat meatballs and we'll throw meatballs at each other. How often do you have a food fight with your father? (laughs) Um, More than you think. (laughs) We definitely, like, we, it's huge at my dad's house, too. Um, We always, like, he'll always cook huge meals. Like, it's just unbelievable. And then... Um, we're definitely not serious about it. It's very always informal. Like we'll have huge amounts of food, but everything's always informal, and that's pretty much like how Italians work. So, yeah, that's how, what is your favorite meal? Do you cook or no? Um, I do cook here because I mean, if I didn't cook, I wouldn't eat because <laughs> I actually have a kitchen in my apartment, so I have to cook. But um, definitely chicken cutlets and. Um, like pasta and meatballs, like homemade pasta and meatballs, not like some other kind. <laughs> you got You got to get that stuff at home. When somebody tells you they had authentic food at the Olive Garden, what is your response? Oh, wow. That's the worst thing. <laughs> I fight with people all the time. I'm like, that's fake Italian. Why are you eating that? I don't <laughs> like my dad never even let me go there. <laughs> so you never experienced the Olive Garden? No, I went one time with my my team had a team dinner there, so I had to go. And I, I tried it. It was horrible. I, I just, I can't. <laughs> How many years did it take for you to tell your dad that you had gone there once? <laughs> I think I called him right after and, like, was cracking up on the phone. Because I was like, you've always told me, like, this place is horrible and I never really believed you. And I, <laughs> I tried it and I totally understand. <laughs> well, they're, they're now, I gotta, I'm gonna piggyback this. In Scranton, Pennsylvania, there's this place called Old Forge. Or not Old Forge, it's called... No, it's old. I think it's Old Forge, PA, something like that, because there's an Old Forge, New York. But there's there's a place. It's right by Scranton, and they said, you know, this is the they they've deemed themselves the mecca of pizza. Now I would think that that's Italy, but but they've they've said no. We are the mecca of pizza. We are the home where pizza is made. This is where you get the best pizza in the world. And people in Pennsylvania swear by it. I'm going to describe to you the pizza. And, well, I'm going to tell you what I did, and then I'll describe to you the pizza. So, I was an orientation advisor for Marywood, whatever you wanted to call us. We were the orientation people. And so, we were going to eat at 10 a.m., and then we weren't going to be able to eat for, like, the next, I don't know, six, eight hours. So, they're like, fill up on this pizza. They got us all this pizza. And so, I opened up the box. I looked at it. Almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) Then I tried the pizza and almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. I called my mother and I said, if I take one more bite of this pizza, I feel like I'm spitting in the face of every ancestor I've ever had. Now I will tell you the pizza. 
it smelled like ragu, the sauce, and they were, you know, in squares. I And I know pizza comes in squares and in triangles, but I think triangles taste better. I don't know why. Yeah. And so it was ragu-type sauce with deli-sliced American cheese yellow on top. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> And no, it's so bad. <laughs> I can't. That's like Al- Albany's pizza is actually horrible. Like I can't eat pizza here. I haven't found a place that's even decent. So I can't wait to go home on Sunday and get a huge pizza <laughs> from like Pepino's or somewhere that is in Syracuse, based in Syracuse, <laughs> because I miss pizza so much. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. I have to tell you now, Utica Pizza, have you been there in North Syracuse? Yes, and, it's pretty good. Yeah, their pizza. I actually have a pizza there for the show, for wake-up call. It's the number one pick. It's chicken riggy pizza, so the chicken riggies on top of the pizza with the chicken riggy sauce. Oh, goodness. Wow. And, and we like the eggplant rollatini one where we put eggplant on top and, uh, what is it? It's uh, fried eggplant and, and rigot on top of the pizza and, like, little dollops of rigot. So. Oh, wow. See, yeah, that's like real pizza. I can't. <laughs> There's none of that here. There's none of it's that Albany. in Albany. It, <laughs> no. It's good to know. It's good because I haven't searched no, Albany enough. <laughs> so you're happy to come home. You're happy to do that. My final rapid fire question, because I'm going to save a bunch for the future. So my final one for today is if you could change anything about your life up to this point, is there anything you would change? Uh, probably not. I'm a huge believer in that everything happens for a reason and every experience takes you to the next thing. So, honestly, probably not. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, Sammy, in all fairness, since I always do this now with Rapid Fire, before we jump off, I am going to allow three questions to come from you to me since I put you on the hot seat now on live radio, you get to do that to me, and I have to answer the question. Oh, gosh. So three three questions, whatever you have on your mind, go when you're ready. Okay. Um, who do you want to win NBA Finals? This really sucks because LeBron <laughs> pisses me the hell off. But I, I, I respect LeBron, but I'm just – what. What he did to yeah, but what he did to Toronto. I mean, Toronto just literally. If if, if those if those Raptors were in a Jurassic World movie, the humans would always win. So, I'm very frustrated. So if I had to choose, I really love Steph Curry. So I like Golden yeah. State, but I would love to see Boston make it to the finals and make it interesting. Yeah, that would definitely be huge. Um, I'm just going to stick with sports because that's all that's on my mind. Okay. <laughs> so what about baseball? Do you watch any baseball? Yeah, I have uh, I have a soft spot for the Yankees. I've always been an Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. fan in the comfort of my own home. So the Diamondbacks are killing it on their side of things. The Yankees are doing okay. Judge is making me more interested again. So Yeah, definitely. We're definitely more interested in the Yankees now. Yeah, I, I and I, I never told you this, but we like to create I like to create names on Wake Up Call that nobody else uses. So, you know, A Royd was was the name forever for for A Rod and I back in two thousand and eight, which was a decade ago, so it's a ten year anniversary of this name, I dubbed him Steroid Rodriguez on my show. So I don't like him. <laughs> but, uh, 
I know. I'm a Jeter fan. I've always been a Jeter fan. Oh, yes. I used to have a Jeter fat hat on my wall. So, yes, I'm definitely a Jeter fan. All right. Fair enough. What was your question connected to baseball? Um, well, I was going to say what team, but you kind of answered that. Okay. So, so what's your what's your final thought? What's your final question? Um, so, when you were in school, what was your best subject? Oh, boy. In high school or college? Uh, college. Oh, boy. Okay. And I was in college. What was my best subject? I would say I did a lot of stuff. I learned kind of like every area because, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I would say, I mean, communications. I mean, my my bachelor's degree, I did everything. I did screenwriting. We did telecommunications, sales and marketing to digital media and broadcasting, video production. I really liked video production. So I'm I'm really kind of that's like that's something that I do. And it's kind of, it's like low key sometimes, but now I do it a lot more with my company. So it's kind of cool to to gain some respect doing that. That's not like the voice of it all, but it's the video side. Because some people that are on radio, people think, oh, you can't do anything with video. And and I like right. to be kind of like that Swiss Army knife, you know, that one stop shop. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah, very cool. Yeah, so I would say that. And I know that you have accounting coming up and what what is the other one that you have macroeconomics right yes macroeconomics well i i will let you get back to that and learn that and then you'll come on the show and teach everybody about it in a couple of- <laughs> oh yes definitely <laughs> that coming from samantha tortora when you come home save some time we're going to go to utica pizza right Okay, definitely. All right, we're gonna make that happen, and we're just gonna we're just gonna keep ordering pizza. We're just gonna do that. We're gonna order pizza. I'm gonna bring the computer. We're gonna watch Jersey Shore while we eat the pizza. That's how that might be all I eat for like two weeks. I'm not kidding. I just haven't had it in so long. Well, you know what? You got you got to like build it up while you can, because then you're gonna go back to Albany, and there's not gonna be anything there for you. Exactly. So. Right, that's the problem. So yeah. I have to. <laughs> Take it while you can. So that coming from Samantha Tortora. Sam, I appreciate it. As always, this was a lot of fun for me, and, and I appreciate you being a part of the show and all the work that you're doing. So get back to studying, and I'll see you at Utica Pizza when you come, when you come back to Syracuse. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much for talking to me. All right. Take care, Sam. Okay, bye. Bye. That coming from Samantha Tortora. Yes, we are related. No, she is not my daughter. She is my cousin. I love it. A little ki- See, little kids don't know. So, you know, a little kid asked me, he's probably like, I don't know, 10 years old or something like that. And he was like, are you related to Sam? And I said, yeah. And he said, are you her dad? And I was like, that's not physically possible. I don't think it's humanly possible for that to have happened. So I am not her father. Derek is and a great dad. And I want to thank, you know, I want to thank the family. Uh, her mom, Jenna, her father, Derek, obviously her little sister, Franny, and, and Sam for all that they do and, and for, you know, the amazing kind of ride that, that I've gotten to have getting to know them and, and, and seeing them in the sports world has been pretty awesome. So it's it's always nice when you can bring on a, another Tortora and, and talk about the Jersey Shore and also discuss, you know, the success that they're doing in the community. So our name is not common. So when you see it, we're probably related, and it's great to you know own my own company and, and be seen for, for positive things and good things and trying to do good in the world, and it's, it's also great to see Sam doing that and see Franny doing that as well. So God bless, and, and keep it rolling, young ladies, and I appreciate Sammy being on the show today, and I, and I appreciate Franny coming out to our CNS show a couple months ago. So with that being said, we're going to take a fast break and come back with Mike Sofka in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. 
This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call. 
DT. Proud to be with you every single Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Always having some fun with you here on the Wake Up Call Airwaves. We thank you for listening, and we thank you for going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the MixLR live feed. You can listen there. You can also listen directly on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We also want to thank you for going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the downloadable app powered by Podbean to give us over 102,000 show downloads up to this point and just continuing to make history and growing by the second. So thank you for your love and support and for, you know, appreciating what we do here on on our end of the microphone and, and, and appreciating the people that come on here like the man that I appreciate so very much, and that is Mr. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. It's been a couple weeks, so I know you've been jonesing for it. We've missed you being able to do this thing together. Hopefully you've been missing us, and we're happy to be here once again as we always make it happen for you when it comes to fantasy football right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Fantasy football segments are proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Your home for all sports games all the time, including in the NFL. And of course, it is a family-friendly sports bar, which is legitimately one of the most difficult things to accomplish in the restaurant business. And somehow Danny and Heather made it happen, and we appreciate them for all the awesome work that they have done and for everything that they've helped to do with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. With that being said, Mike's on the line right now, and our conversation today is about those off-season transactions that can have a direct effect on your fantasy team. And with that being said, let's bring him into the show. Mike, how you doing today? Awesome. How you doing? Doing very well. And, and Mike, to get started with this, you know, just, you know, the transactions that can help affect your team. I want to get to those, some of the moves that have been made and different things that have happened that fantasy football owners should look out for. But before we go there, I want to, I want to make a note here. Matty Ryan never won a Super Bowl. Five years, $150 million contract extension with Atlanta. Thoughts about that? I mean, obviously for fantasy owners, you know Matt Ryan's staying in Atlanta. You know he has Calvin Ridley now from the draft, and you know that he has Julio Jones. No more Taylor Gabriel, and, and obviously Roddy White's been gone for a while, and, and he underperformed. But, you know, another weapon being added in Calvin Ridley. What do you think about Matt Ryan getting a five-year, $150 million contract? Break it down brass tax. It's $30 million a year. Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it is what it is. I mean, you have to have a good quarterback, and he's a solid quarterback. They've been, over the years, building the weapons around him, and now it's time to pay the piper. Now it's time to cash in, and the last thing that Atlanta needed to do was get in a worrisome situation with his contract. You know, on the outside, on our side, as fans of the NFL and of fantasy football and so forth, on the outside looking in, it's, you know, $30 million a year. That's a lot of money. The NFL is more about percentages. That only reflects about 18% of the cap space, and that's what they consider allowable for a leader position like a like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback who's capable of getting you to the promised land in the Super Bowl. So I think it's I think it's in line. I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers with a similar contract here pretty soon. I think that that's pretty much what it is. The quarterbacks get that money because they're the leaders. They're the field generals. They're in charge on the field and well they got to be that leader of men so they're going to get paid like one yeah when we look at getting paid like one 
Kirk Cousins, the Kirk Cousins factor in purple in Minnesota. They were close to making it to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia ended up making it, beating them in the NFC Championship game and ultimately winning the Super Bowl over the New England Patriots of the AFC. What do you think about Kirk Cousins? He has Stephon Diggs. He has Kyle Rudolph. He has Adam Thielen. Delvin Cook will be back. What do you think about the fantasy factor of Minnesota having Kirk Cousins now? Well, I I think Minnesota and Kirk Cousins are in an excellent position. And, you know, we talked about this a lot last year that, you know, it was very likely that Minnesota, who had three quality quarterbacks on their roster, you know, would make a clean sweep and bring in three more. And they're, they're one of three teams that cleaned house in the quarterback department, the others being uh, Arizona and Cleveland. So if you look at what Minnesota has around Kirk Cousins, it's similar to what Matt Ryan has around him in in Atlanta. I mean, Dalvin Cook looked like the consummate number one running back in the league last year before his injury as a rookie. And then, of course, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, all they do is combine for to be one of the biggest threats wide receiver-wise in the league. And then Kyle Rudolph can be a touchdown machine and an excellent red zone target. So I think they've got the weapons around them. You have to pay for those leaders to come in, and I think it's going to pay off for Minnesota bringing in Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you that I think that Kirk Cousins can be something. I think there's a lot left in the tank that we didn't see in Minnesota because they didn't appreciate him, and I just don't feel like they did enough on their ends. You know, there's there's talent in Washington, I I should say, where he was. You know, with the Redskins, you know, they had speed, they had this, that, and the other, but when you don't buy into somebody, I don't care what anybody says. You know, you can be talented, good at this, good at that, but if you know that your owner, that your boss has not bought into you, respected you, really, you know, if you're always on a tight leash, you might not play comfortably, you might not play to the best of your ability, and you, I mean, you may go out there and, and do what you can and, and try the best you can, but there's nothing that's saying that, you know, you're going to be the best that you could possibly be in the back of your mind, knowing that every single year they're just, you know, kind of testing me and testing me and testing me. I can't get comfortable. I don't know I'm going to be here for a while. And, and that can affect things, especially if you have a wife and kids and, you're talking with them, and, and, you know, she's saying to you, listen, are we staying? Are we going? What's happening here? Is this team going to commit to you, or or are we going to move across the country, or where are we going to end up? So, you know, I think that that factor with Kirk Cousins can play into things. I don't think that we've seen everything he can offer, and I, and I think seeing him on a team that actually is going to pay him, believe in him, and give him some time to develop – might finally allow us to see what Kirk Cousins plays like when he doesn't have a little monkey on his back that's screaming in his ear. So I think it's a good move, and I like Case Keenum, but I also think that Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, and I think that he could either keep things status quo, but potentially I think he's going to make those numbers better for Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs, and Adam Thielen as we move forward. Uh, Another factor to look at is the Jimmy Garoppolo factor. He was on the team, and I thought they were going to redshirt him. You know, he was coming to the end of a contract, and they were going to have to figure out what they were going to do with him. He got traded over from the Patriots, and in my opinion, they kind of felt like their season was over. They hadn't won a lot of games. I mean, they were 1-8 and eight or 1-9, and nine, something like that, and Jimmy was kind of benched, like, let's not use him. Let's not waste him. Let's leave him where he is. Let's let him, you know, kind of just sit here, and, and next season will be his season. Also, if we don't show him off and he doesn't do good things, we don't have to pay him more money and nobody can see him. 
So it's kind of like red shirting to save some money. Red shirting because they didn't think that anything was going to happen that season. He goes out and he plays almost perfect football on the on the win loss record side of things and moves forward into this season with a big time deal. He's making more than Tom Brady, who he backed up. What do you think about Jimmy G stepping into this season as the franchise player in the face of the franchise in San Francisco and what that can mean for fantasy? I, I like what they're building in San Francisco. I like what they're doing. I like the way they're doing it. They're bringing in quality guys, under the radar guys, and they did pretty well in the draft as well. Their defense is getting shored up, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a is an enigma on his own. Watching him, you know, come into the draft and then going to New England and then backing up Tom Brady, and then when his number was called, you know, he answered and then he got hurt, and then of course the trade went down, and I think it was smart what San Fran did in playing him. Because I think they wanted to see what they really had in their system in Jimmy Garoppolo. And it looked like they, you know, they chose the right guy. So that's why he signed with such a big contract at the end there. But, you know, you look at what they got around him. I like Jarek McKinnon a lot. If you're thinking about playing fantasy football next year or if you play fantasy football, keep that name tucked away. He's probably going to go a lot lower than in his value will be at the end of the year. He has the capability of being a top 10 running back, even with Matt Bright and Joe Williams and Jeremy McNichols in tow. But the receiving core has been beefed up a little bit too. Yeah, you got Pierre Garçon, but they also drafted Dante Pettis. Now, I don't look for a lot for him right away, but they do get Trent Taylor and Marquise Goodwin back as well. But you look at George Kittle, I think he was he, he's, a, he's a tight end up on the rise right now. I wrote a blog about him a couple years ago, and sure enough, this is where he's at. He can be one of the top tight ends in the league as well. So much like they're doing around the league, teams are building for today, but also the future. San Fran looks like the future's pretty bright there. Yeah, you know, I, I look at this, and I look at what San Francisco is doing, and, and I like what they're bringing forward, and I like how they're you know putting this team together. But you bring up Jarek McKinnon, and, and I find it really interesting what Jarek McKinnon can be to this team because, you know, he was off and on with Minnesota. They're, you know, they're giving you something every once in a while, not consistent. Because of that, I think you're right. I think he's going to drop in fantasy. I think people are going to forget about him. The funny thing is he comes from Georgia Southern, and so does his so does Matt Breda, who's on the team, who is an undrafted free agent. So they got two Georgia Southern guys out in San Fran, and you know that's that that screams sleeper right there to you. But Matt Breda, you know, was kind of given some time at the end of the season. Joe Williams got hurt, and in the beginning, I mean, it was all Carlos Hyde. So I want to see what Joe Williams is going to do. I'm interested to see what Joe Williams is going to do. Drafted in the fourth round of 2017, and Jarek McKinnon. I mean, all of these guys are potential sleepers. And Joe Williams, I thought, was going to bring more to the table last year, so I'm excited to see what he does now. But yeah, Jarek McKinnon right now, for all intents and purposes, is potentially the top dog there, and people are going to forget about him, and then somebody's going to be drafting late and saying, who's the San Fran quarterback, or who's the San Fran running back? We might be in round number, I don't know, 13 or 14 that somebody's asking that, and they pick up Jarek McKinnon, and somebody's got to run the rock, and if Jimmy does his job and they protect him, then there's going to be some help there and somebody that can alleviate some of that pressure. And if Jimmy's got his checkdowns right, then you know we're, we're looking at a potential big-time sleeper in San Fran on a team that I think can bust through the NFC West and potentially make the playoffs this year. 
Another one I want to bring up is, you know, the last quarterback that I want to discuss before we jump into some of the other positions quick here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland factor. They bring in Jarvis Landry. They draft Nick Chubb. They bring in Carlos Hyde. What are your thoughts? They have Josh Gordon. They have Corey Coleman. There's weapons in Cleveland. What do you think about the quarterback situation? Because in, in my fantasy leagues, as, as Mike knows, he plays in them, we do team quarterback. So if it's Baker Mayfield in week four, but it's Tyrod Taylor weeks one through three, you get the points. If it's Tyrod for the first half, Baker for the second half, you get the combined points. In other leagues, you got to draft specifically Tyrod or specifically Baker. What do you think about the Cleveland factor right now? Yeah, I think if you have a Cleveland quarterback, you're a lot better off than you were in years past. But you need to temper your expectations. You know, I like what Cleveland's doing. I think they're in the right direction. I've often laughed and joked about Cleveland. They're always my punchline to any joke. But not anymore. I think I need to take this team a little more serious now that with the direction that they're going in. I like the, the stability of quarterback that they have in a Drew Stanton who's been around a block for a while. Can keep the quarterback room in check. And Tyrod Taylor has had his moments of brilliance, took the took Buffalo to a playoff game, yet he was thrown away like nothing there. And Baker Mayfield, the bright future, the number one overall pick. Now, you're going to have to have patience with every one of these guys, but there's going to be many of opportunity for these guys to excel. You know, Carlos Hyde was outcast in San Fran, but at the same time, he comes in here with an opportunity, but I think that opportunity is going to be short-lived once Nick Chubb gets the ball. But Nick Chubb's not an every-down back. Nick Chubb's more like a one-two guy. He's not really a pass catcher, but then you got Duke Johnson as well. The wide receivers are where Cleveland's going to shine. Corey Coleman, capable of being the number one. Josh Gordon, capable of being the number one. Jarvis Landry, capable of being the number one. And Antonio Callaway, the steal in the draft with the positive drug test and a much maligned career at Florida. He could be the steal of the draft as well. So these guys are loaded for bear. David Njoku showed up last year as well. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity for the quarterback, no matter who it is in Cleveland. I think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor to start. And I think that's very smart on Cleveland's part because you don't want to put all that undue pressure on your rookie quarterback, much like they're doing in New York with Sam Darnold. Yeah, you know, and, and when I look at Cleveland's situation, there's a ton of weapons. I mean, if if Tyrod Taylor can't get it done with this, the thing that, that I question with Tyrod Taylor is he's had weapons before. You know, he's had, he's had strong players before. You know, he's had the Sammy Watkins and the Robert Woods and, and whatnot, and, and he obviously had LaShawn McCoy, and he had Zay Jones recently here from East Carolina, who holds the record for most career receiving yards in NCAA Division I football ever in the history. And East Carolina also has the number two record with Justin Hardy, who went on to the Atlanta Falcons. But when I look at Tyrod, he can run around. He doesn't turn the ball over that much, but he also doesn't wow me, and he doesn't wow me down the field. And if Baker can gun it down the field, and the thing is, Baker throws high. You know, he throws high. So if these guys can reach up and get out and grab it, he's not throwing necessarily at your numbers, but if you look at his highlight film, he's throwing 
at your face or above your head. If these guys can reel it in, there's some danger zone coming here. But I think Baker ultimately is going to make these receivers better. I don't know if Tyrod is because I don't feel like Tyrod's going to throw the long ball. And Corey Coleman, Jarvis Landry, and Josh Gordon are capable of getting the long ball and getting after it. So they don't, I don't want the dink and dunk. I want to see Cleveland air this thing out. And with that being a potential possibility, Duke Johnson Jr. is your check down guy. You got Carlos Hyde, who's serviceable. And you got Nick Chubb, who's supposed to be better than he looked this year. So out of Georgia. So for me, Cleveland has all of the reasons to have none of the excuses. And I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Before we, we finish up here for today with Mike Sofka, speaking on the moves that have been made in the offseason and the fantasy implications of that, Mike, I, I want to go to something that's that's been on my mind, and that's Mark Ingram. I brought it up on the show this week. Suspended four games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy, forfeiting $1.27 million in 2018 salary slash bonus. He's fighting this because he's saying, listen, this... This is one of the things that if you use it properly, it doesn't break the NFL's rules. So he's going to try and fight this, appeal this, and get in. What do you think about this factor? Should people still draft Mark Ingram, number one? And number two, what do you think about Elvin Kamara, 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 however you want to potato, potato, but Elvin Kamara, when you put him out there on this field, if, if Mark's out the first four games, how confident are you in Elvin? Should people continue to draft them both? Should they be kind of wary of Mark Ingram? How do you see this going? Well, I think it's all about your level of tolerance. It's much like if you're, if you're a gambler or if you go to Vegas, what you want to do is you want to you know, leave your money in your room, and if you're comfortable and losing $200, take $200 with you. And if you lose it, you had a great night out, and you go back to your room, and you don't have a house that you gave away, and you're not riding home in a bus instead of a car. The thing that the thing that you got to understand is Mark Ingram's going to be out the first four games. He comes back for week five, then what happens? Week six, they're on a bye. So now you're five weeks without a player. You know, in a lot of leagues, you know, playoffs start only, you know, eight weeks after that. So now almost half, uh, at least a third of the season is gone for this guy. So while it's going to impact Mark Ingram's uh, value, I think it helps Alvin Kamara, but not as much as you think. I think he was a top five back in my mind coming in. This moves him to a top three back, which is huge. But, you know, it may not be that much. The name that I'm looking out for, and I'll give you another free long shot and another free guy who's going to start out hot, and nobody's going to draft this guy. Trust me, no one's going to draft him. And that's the Louisiana Tech product, Boston Scott. He's capable of running the ball up the middle and helping out for Alvin Kamara, who can't quite get between the tackles like Mark Ingram was able to. So with the other weapons they have there, Cameron Meredith being added, Michael Thomas going off. They just drafted Traquan Smith at the UCF. They brought in the red zone nightmare and Benjamin Watson. You know, they're not going to really skip much of a beat, but Mark Ingram's fantasy stock is going to drop dramatically, I think, for those who are wise. And again, the long shot guy, the guy you want to surprise everybody with is Boston Scott. 
Yeah, you know, I think, and that'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously what happens with that. I mean, I think Alvin Kamara can do a lot of good things. I think with Mark Ingram, they're one of the best one-two punches in the country. So I'm excited to see where they're going to take it from here. I mean, usually I shy away from guys that get suspended in the beginning of the season, but I don't think I can pass up on Mark Ingram. I think he's somebody that you take a chance on. And and as we as we close out here for, for this segment for today's broadcast, Mike, Keeping with that, Ezekiel Elliott, Jerry Jones said he's going to be a different player, mentally ready, and yada, yada, yada. And I said, he better damn well be a different player because he damn held the team, you know, he not damn near, he did hold the team hostage last season all the way through the season. Nobody could really get comfortable because they didn't know if he was playing or not playing or what the heck was going on. So with that being said, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Alan Hearns being the number one guy right now. Cole Beasley is there. Thoughts on, and Gallup was drafted, which I think a lot of people overlooked that one on a Colorado State. Thoughts on Dallas's offense and, and that fantasy implication right now? Yeah, I think the two moves that a lot of people are underestimating is the addition of Alan Hearns, but there's two other additions here that you know could impact the game all the way around. Deontay Thompson can take over from Ryan Switzer in returning kicks. So can Tavon Austin. Oh, and by the way, Dallas plans on using Tavon Austin as a change of pace back. He's going to be classified as a running back. Yeah, that's right, Tavon Austin, the receiver, the return man, a running back. Now, can you imagine Ezekiel Elliott's got that bruising and explosive style, then all of a sudden you've got a Tavon Austin that comes out, lines up in the slot from the tailback position on a shift, or he not only creates a mismatch there, but he can do those jet sweeps, he can do those end arounds, and they can utilize him in multiple sets now that he's a running back, a la what Green Bay did with Ty Montgomery. Yeah, you know, I think I think this is going to be an opportunity for Dallas to kind of show where Dak Prescott is at. He didn't have the greatest of sophomore seasons. He didn't have Zeke there. We all know that Zeke can run, but I'm really keying in on Alan Hearns. This is his time to shine. It's his time to be the guy. And, you know, coming in from Jacksonville, I think, you know, he's underutilized. I think that some Dallas fans might think, why are we getting a number three guy as our number one guy? And what is he going to bring to the table? Hernsey can do a lot of good things here, and I really hope that he does. It's really sad for me and confusing that Jacksonville will let him go. I understand Allen Robinson because he wasn't there for their successes this year on the field, and so they they didn't really need to overpay to keep him in-house because they made it farther than they had with him. So, you know, Hearns was, was a little bit confusing and a little bit of a head-scratcher, but I'm concerned about where, where Dallas is going to go with that tight end. You know, Dallas Godert was picked up before Dallas could take him, and he would have been perfect to have Dallas in Dallas but and could have been that sleeper-type guy. I think Dallas might rue the day that they didn't pick him up or that might be hung in their face a little bit. But this is going to be interesting to me to see – what Dak Prescott can do in his junior season of the NFL. What can he make happen? How are these receivers gonna gonna be? And if Gallup is one of those sleepers that somebody can kind of take in the, I don't know, anywhere from round fifteen to eighteen and throw him on the roster and stash him and have people go, How the hell did you know about that guy? And it's well, I'm a card collector, so that kind of helps me to know a little bit about him too. So Dallas will be interesting to see where they flow from here. But as always, Mike. We appreciate what you're doing. Central Florida and Central New York come together all the time on Wake Up Call, and especially when we have Mike Sofka of HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. 
Mike, as always, is available to you 24-7. And as you know, between myself and Mike, fantasy football never dies, never goes away, never has a day off. We're always here to help you out. And you can do that by going to wakeupcalldt.com and going to the Fantasy Football tab and also by going to Hall of Fame Fantasy Football dot com and of course listening to the show and mike and i have discussions like this to help you out and get you prepared for all of you people jonesing for football we treat it like the nfl is playing every week and that helps you get all the way to september which will be coming up in just a little bit but not before we enjoy an amazing summer in central new york mike gets the nice weather pretty much all year round we're going to take the nice weather for the months we can get it and as always mike i appreciate your time Sounds great. See you next time, Dan. Thanks. All right, take care. That coming from Mike Sofka once again, Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. We'll take a quick fast break and we will spin back around. We're gonna go past eleven o'clock this morning. Why? Because we feel like it. And because giving people exactly what they expect, which is a two hour show, is great. Giving the added value is something that we definitely love to do here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, LLC, proudly bringing you Wake Up Call, Super Powered Pop, and the CNY Pop Festival. Buy your tickets now on cnypopfestival.com and make sure that you are at the show this coming August. We'll take a step aside and we'll be on Facebook Live and here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Speaking with you on real autographs versus fake autographs, what you should look for, and facsimile autographs those copied autographs that when they're online they look almost exactly the same as a real one we'll discuss that all in a moment this is a wake-up call fast break gear up with the real deal at dry sig apparel creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you gear up for what you need for your team business or event to look professional look good and feel good outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com that's d-r-e-i-s-s-i-g apparel.com the only place to gear up with the real deal What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. We are discussing sports card autographs with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards. Happy to have him 
here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're putting up our video right now so you can all check it out. We are about to go live here in studio in three, two, and one. And here we are. So we are on video on Facebook Live and we're hanging out with you on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. And here on the broadcast, John and I like to have some fun with this. We like to enjoy what we're doing up here and uh, we like to put it on video and audio so you can see the cards, see our mugs, see this awesome shirt. I forgot where I bought it, but you know, my cousin was talking about Eye of the Tiger and, and I'm wearing <laughs> the tiger today. So I guess I guess her and I, you know, connect more than we thought we did. We're gonna have we're gonna have John move over here, get a little bit closer here, get his mug on camera. So and he so I got the eye of the tiger, he's got stranger things. So I went a little non sports. Well well, you know, yeah, we can I know you do the super pop show, so yeah. So yeah. you're trying to bring them both together. Yeah, both worlds. Nice. Ahead. And not only that, but we're going to discuss the stranger things of it all. How yeah. we're going to have these autographs that, you know, cards that look like. Now, these all are autos, but, you know, I, I had to take this I had to take this one out, the Tyler Lyne one, because it's a, it's on card, and I had to look at it and, and say, is this real? Is it fake? I can't tell. And then you look on the back, it says this autograph is guaranteed. So that's a... Another way to check, but we're going to have a conversation about sports cards, the sports world, and autographs that are real versus fake autographs, and then facsimile autographs, which are autographs, and this is not one of them, but it kind of looks like it could be, autographs that are on cards that look like it's the exact autograph, but it's actually a copy. A facsimile is, is essentially a copy of what we think is real. That really is not. So we're here on the broadcast hanging out. We appreciate you being here on Facebook Live. We also appreciate you being on MixLR.com backslash DT. And the ticker right below you is giving you all that information. John Newman of Newman Sports Cards. John, sir, happy to have you here. Thank and like I said me. on my show, I will never, I will never tell you, go get me my coffee. And I don't drink coffee, but John always wants to get tea. I told him he didn't have to. He did it anyways. So, you know, out of respect to what I was saying, I put him right in the corner of the studio. I was in the corner. We weren't on cam, so you have to take my word for it. Yeah, no. No, he was he was <laughs> sitting right here the whole time. We don't we don't put him in a corner. We we let him let him be out here and have a good life. So, first and and foremost, how excited do you get? I mean, relic versus autograph. If you had to choose, not an auto relic. If it's relic or autograph, what do you like more? I'm I think the majority, and, and myself included, would probably go with the autograph there. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of it depends on the card, the product, the player itself. But, I mean, autographs, you know, the relics, to tell you the truth, Dan, at, at this point, some people are kind of tiring of them. And, and you know, I brought in that Jackie Robinson um, last week. And the difference with the older players, they didn't wear as many uniforms yeah. um, as today's players do. Today's players almost get a new jersey probably every other game, if not every game. Um, so the relics are kind of getting, I hate to say it like this, but almost old hat with people. Mm -hmm. They don't, the, the kind of, the, the blooms a little bit off that rose. I mean, what... The, the best answer is, I'd, I'd say, a, a patch auto where you get the best of both worlds. But that wasn't the question you asked. If it's, so if it's between, can I get an auto of this guy or just a, a game-use jersey, Yeah, I think 9 out of 10 people, my, and myself included, would say the auto. 
but say the autograph is that that's what you want to go after and that's what you want to get. And I mean, that's understandable. I like, you know, the, the game used bat. I love that. A piece of the shaved bat. That's something that means something to me. I like the pinstripe pants one, which I showed on the show before. I think I still, I think I still have them down here. I oh, know they might be, they might be in another part, but you know, there's certain things that, that I like having, you know, I mean, in this one, it's, you know, it's, it, it's Ryan Nassib. I've shown this one before, but it's the auto and a piece of the jersey, so the patch there. But, you know, with some of the older players, like Jackie Robinson, when you get a patch of his, it was harder to get. Like you said, now, you know, they're changing jerseys, they have alternates, they have this, that. But there's certain ones like the Nolan Ryan, the the triple threads. I can't get enough, like, I really, I want the card. Yeah. And so I keep looking at auctions and whatnot, and I want it with, with the two-tone or three-tone color, and and to get it like that, and then they have the two white pieces. So it's multiple pieces of the patch, which I think is pretty cool. But I mean, yeah, you're right. If you go on eBay and you're looking up cards, the you can find some relics really, really cheap. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a piece of a jersey that was worn by a player, and and people are like, yeah, it's five bucks, ten bucks. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm thinking it's worth more than that. Yeah, it's a supply and demand thing. They just the jerseys are are just in today's game are just way more readily available than, I mean, to answer that question kind of what a scenario is, some of the vintage players from the, you know, uh, that decade, that era, some of their jersey cards are worth more than some of the current players, even autograph cards. That kind of tells you that they're just less jerseys available yeah. from that from that era of, of, of sports. Yeah, and, and for me, you know, it's, I, I like them. I like the patch stuff, but I can understand, you know, you want the autograph because the autograph is the autograph. But we're going to talk about real versus fake autographs. And, you know, the cards now, I mean, you look at this stuff, and, you know, this is this looks like it's a patch in an auto, but it's not. It's actually like a black piece of tape or something yeah. so you could sign in gold. But that's Jeremy Grant, who obviously played for Syracuse. And somebody that I built up a really good relationship with while he was here at Syracuse and when he went on to Philadelphia and whatnot and now with Oklahoma City. But you look at it, and I loved it because it's it, he signed it in a gold pen. But that is not a patch, folks. So there's there's a definite difference between what, what is a patch and what's not. This is not. But you look at, you know, if you can see it on this one, you see that right here, and I'll pick it up and I'll show you right here, you can see the tape. You see how the card is white, and this is off-white. That's because what John and I have talked about before, they sign the sticker, not the card. Yeah. So the sticker is what they have in front of them, and then the company, in this case, this would be Panini, they take the sticker and they put it onto the card. So that is Jeremy Grant's autograph, but he didn't sign the card itself. This one is Tyler Lydon physically signing the card. But this looks like it could be a facsimile because if you look at the card, it's almost perfectly printed on there like a copy. And this is something people have to look out for. This is number 299 in the world. And on the and on the bottom of this, it says this autograph is guaranteed by Panini. If this was a facsimile, it wouldn't be numbered and it wouldn't say that this is guaranteed by the yeah. company. So that's something to look out for. But just to speak on it, and I know you brought some stuff, John, about how these cards... You know, cards like this where you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, that's an autograph. But sometimes it's not. No. And 
it's it's getting with the the printing technologies that these companies employ now um it's it's getting harder and harder to tell and like and and just what dan said sometimes even myself who's done this 30 years now um you have to look on that back for that that uh certification yeah to see um if it's uh autograph so i brought some of the uh the new Tops Heritage release, and they put an insert. Um, and what the, this year's Tops Heritage uh, mimics the 1969 Tops set and inserts. And they they did a, a set back then called Deckle Edge, which is kind of these rounded corners. I'll, I'll show these to you and hand them to you. You can put them on. And that looks a lot of times like I, last year's Heritage had the play ball inserts. And those have a facsimile autograph on them. And you, yeah. you can look at this this one, and right away you can kind of tell it's printed on the card. It's not autographs. And this one didn't fool that many that many people. Yeah. Okay, but this year is what I was explaining. The Deckle Edge, they're black and white, but the, the facsimile autos they used on this year's they use blue ink or blue printing, I should say. It's not blue ink because it's not really signed. Right. But blue ink printing. So when people were first pulling these, they were fooled. Matter of fact, the first one I pulled um, was this Gary Sanchez that I'll hand, I'll hand you these. And even me, who's done this a long time, when I first pulled this card, it fooled me for a second. I'm like, did I just get a, a Gary Sanchez auto? Yeah. I was kind of 50-50 on it, but I wasn't sure it wasn't until I checked the back, as, as you illustrated earlier, Yeah. Um, to, to kind of just check. Because you can see on the back here, there's no information, there's nothing that says yeah. top scan. And, and every 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 real autograph that comes out of a, a product. A facsimile here. Yeah, but every real one should have something on the card that uh, notes that the company stands behind the, the authenticity of it. So if it doesn't have that, yeah. it's most likely a facsimile. So here are the deckle edges that were confusing people, a lot of people, including uh, myself, for like a split second. And some of these made it on the eBay as people thinking they were selling genuine autographs. Okay, and then there's, I'm sure, unfortunately. A few people probably made purchases thinking. These. So you can see they use blue blue printing process. So that looks like a, a blue signature on a black and white card. So to to at first glance, people thought, and there you see no authenticity There'd by top. There'd be something here or here. Or they sometimes they dedicated. even put them on the front too, but yeah. definitely somewhere on the card. There would be something that says congratulations, yeah. you've received, you know. This 100% looks like an actual autograph because it's black and white and then the autograph's in blue like John was saying. But nowhere on this card does it say we're guaranteeing this by tops. Yeah. And, and that's And it's that's funny, these deckle edges, which is, is what you got there. Um, I'm, I'm on a couple forums on Facebook that are card collecting forums. And I if I had... 50 cents for every what something that someone posted. Look what I just pulled. Yeah. I'd be rich because people were posting these as if they pulled real autographs. It, it got to the point people were kind of making a joke about it. You know, like, you know, people were having fun responding to the post like, sorry, <laughs> uh, I got bad news for you. Kind it's of not real. Yeah. 
And the thing is, I mean, when you look at these here, I mean, they do. If, if your dad, if you're a little kid, your dad handed you this, you'd be like, oh, my God, I got a Gary Sanchez rookie card here. Yeah, and, and or I got a Gary Sanchez autograph, autograph card. Yeah. But, and and the thing is, someone who's, who knows about cards might eventually, like, look for that certification, not see it. Yeah. But somebody who's a fringe collector may not look for that and just go with what it looks like and just assume it's, it's signed. You yeah. Know? Or a young kid that pulls it will just... Put it in a top loader and tell all his friends, hey, I just got a Gary Sanchez autograph. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is, like, when you see these, you know, you do. And, and as a kid, I know that I would say, oh, my God, this is an autograph. And you don't know as a kid to not look on the front or look on the back for something that would say this is guaranteed yeah. by Tops because you wouldn't think of that. You just think, oh, it's an autograph. But even as an adult, and even like John said, when you first pull this, you're like, did I just pull a Gary Sanchez autograph? And you got to look all over the card and say, well, what the hell yeah. does this mean? And, you know, like, and, and sometimes you fact check by, you know, you go check the value or you go on eBay and you see this for a dollar and you're like, oh, my God, how could it only be a yeah. dollar? But at the same time, again, if you're just, a, you know, a collector here and there, you do it a couple times a year or every 10 years or every five years or whatever it may be, you're going to pull this out. And I'm going to openly admit to you, I would think that this was an actual autograph blue on the black and white and i wouldn't look at anything on here and, and i would probably bring it to john and go oh my god john how much is this worth and john's gonna be like a buck and i'm gonna say what do you mean that's crazy but you know yeah. you can't always check ebay and I'll, whatnot because people will misprice this. i'll be honest with you um i'm not embarrassed to admit this this is this card actually fooled me like i said for a minute reason being is i actually opened this product the first day it came out yeah. So I really hadn't seen anything yet. So what I had to do after pulling that card is, is exactly that. Check the back and front for any kind of certification. And then I realized it was facsimile. A lot of products I don't open right away. So I see what everyone else gets. And I would have been <coughs> excuse me, uh, kind of keen on to that ahead of time. But yeah. me and I opened this uh, Heritage literally when it came out for release day. Yeah. I wasn't sure until I, I definitely checked the card itself. And another thing that I'll throw some people off is that, you know, when you, when I tell you that, you know, this card, this Tyler Lyon autograph is number five of 199 in the world, well, the back of this card says number 15 of 30. So if you're taught to look for a number of a number, if yeah. you're taught to look for a different color when it looks like an autograph, then these things can automatically make you think, Okay, well, that looks like an autograph. It's a different color. Then I'm seeing that it's numbered. Yep. So, you know, it, it is. It's It can fool you in, in your 50s, your 60s, your 20s. It can fool you when you're a kid. But, you know, John and I are, are here to tell you this is not a real autograph. You always have to look for some type of authentication note that's going to be on the back here. But people forget to do that. And, and mm. I'm going to be honest with you. When I was kind of just collecting here and there, not until a few years ago, a couple years ago, did I actually look to the back to see. Mm -hmm. Because when I got sent this card, the one that I just showed, the fresh paint, I had to open this, take it out of here, look at it, and then I read the back. And when I read the back that said that this is certified, I still didn't believe it. Because if I take the card out and you look at this Tyler Lydon autograph, it looks... I mean, I'm going to... Because it's on card... You know, we look at this thing, it looks like it could almost be printed. 
Yep. You know, you put these up against each other. It looks like it can almost be printed, but it's yep. guaranteed. Yep. You know? it's, it's it's tricky sometimes. So the question, you know, I get asked sometimes is why do these companies employ sticker autographs? And the answer is pretty simple. It's a lot easier to mail a player 500 stickers and say, you know, sign these as, as quick as you can at your convenience and get them back to us. The other thing is with with the sticker autos, they can put it on different products. Yeah. Where if it's an on-card auto, it obviously has to be in that release. The other problem for the companies with the on-card autos, if you were a player and I was a Panini rep, yeah, and I needed you to sign 500 of these on-card autos, you would have a deadline. Like, we need these back by June 30th so we can get them to press and insert it into packs so yeah. people can pull them out of the packs. Yeah. And what... What happens is that still doesn't happen. You you send them late, that's where those redemption cards in. So if you ever pull a card that says this is good for, you know, Don Mattingly um, signed jersey card, yeah. what that really, what happened there to be most, you know, uh, truthful is Don Mattingly didn't send those cards back in time. Yeah, but they're part of the set because they advertise them. They, you know, every every company releases, pre-releases every card that's in the uh, new release, so they can't say there's a Don Manley patch auto, and then not do it. So um, he maybe may didn't send them back in time, and now they have to make these blank kind of redemptions with a sticker saying congratulations, you got one of these. Yeah. And then when he does finally send them back, they will send them to honor the redemptions. Yeah, because I, I remember getting some of those that they would tell you at a certain amount of time, but they would say, hey, you got a redemption card, you got a redemption rookie, you got a redemption this, and I didn't get it. I'm like, why isn't it here? And some mm -hmm. people forget to send them in, or you throw them out because yeah, you see the little cardboard and you just kind of toss Yeah, and there's expiration dates on them. Yeah. And... When you ever redeem a, a redemption card onto the, the company's mm -hmm. website, Panini Tops, they will tell you kind of an estimation of when to expect that. And then they'll even, I know in Panini's case, they give you an option where if it's not back in that time, you can have a, a, a substitute. Yeah. Uh, you know, but if you pulled a Mike Trout redemption, you really don't want a substitute. You want your Mike Trout autograph card um but they're the companies are sometimes that you know these guys are very busy between playing the sport they're, they're playing other appearances they make uh, you know uh, that the obligations that they're they're obligated to yeah so a lot of times signing those cards are not forefront on their mind so sometimes they're late with those deadlines and now companies have resorted to the the stickers because it's a lot easier. And let's be honest with you. <coughs> Panini has sticker uh, 500 Dak Prescott. I know it's a bad guy to bring up yeah. with the auto pen. But if they have 500 Dak Prescott sticker autos, they can put that on a prestige card, one of their prestige releases, and the same stickers they can put on their absolute release, another product they do. So they can cross-brand it. But when obviously an on-card auto has to be to that set, yeah, 
you can't put a prestige card in an absolute pack so it's more convenient for the companies to use the sticker auto uh, method but most people will tell you if, if you can have a choice between a sticker auto and an on-card auto they they rather have the on-card auto i'm not as it doesn't bother me as much as I, I've heard other people complain about it. It's still, to me, it's still the player's autograph. Right. You know. Um, it's not like you can it. peel the sticker off without damaging the card. You're going to ruin the card. Right. So. And I think that, you know, people ultimately that complain about it, they want to know that the player touched the card. While yeah, I think I think it's just one of those psychological things. Hey, Mike, this is my favorite player. He had this in his hand. You know. So these in front of you right now, this is... An on-card autograph. And you see on the back, this one is in yellow at the bottom here, so it's not easy to see, but it says that it's guaranteed by Panini. and or, Yes, by Absolute from Panini. And then this is a sticker, and you can, you can see that right here on the sticker, as I get closer to it, there's words that are sideways. If I go like this, you can see... That, yeah, and you can say see certified... That, and you can see that the that this is gray and the rest of it around it is yeah. white. So this is Tyler Lydon signing a sticker. This is Tyler Lydon signing a card. This is Tyler Lydon signing a card as well. So you look at these both, and these are Tyler Lydon's autograph, right? They look almost exactly the same. But this is where he potentially held the card and signed it, and this is where he signed a sticker, and then Panini themselves put the sticker on the card and so and some of these stickers dan they're actually getting uh, better with them some of these stickers are are getting harder to tell yeah um tops back tops back in the day did a sticker where it was silver yeah and you could see i mean it almost looked like just uh you know it wasn't very well done it was pretty obvious now they're they're kind of blending in with the card more meshing with the card and I've seen some sticker autos that almost didn't know they were sticker autos. They were they were harder to tell. So yeah, and when you look, I mean, you look at all these too. This is another thing is that I would always say, "How do I know that it's a real autograph?" And they would say, "We'll go look up the player online, like look up how they sign." But the cool thing about this and the authenticity of this, you get the same thing when you buy a book that's signed by somebody. Is that look at the signature? They look almost exactly the same, but they're different. If you look up at the top, this looks like it says TBT. This one looks like THC, and this one looks like TK, but they're all almost identical but different, which shows you that Tyler Lydon, as he's signing away, is that nothing's exactly the same. And that's another thing with a facsimile. They're all going to look exactly the same. Yep. And, you know, some of these guys... That's kind of cool. Even with the, especially with the sticker autos, they may be signing a 1,000 in one sitting. So they're starting to get tired. Um, they're not real, you know, I can't think it's real exciting for them. They probably got a lot of other things they'd rather be doing. So sometimes their signature will kind of slag off a little bit. Yeah, look at, look at Jeremy. It's going off of what, what John Newman of Newman Sports Cards is saying. Look at the top one, how elegant and beautiful that is with a big T. And the one on the bottom looks like I just signed 300 of these and my wrist is going to yeah. break off. Sometimes that. they're just trying to get through these and get them done. Yeah, these look are, just, they, they look they look similar, just like Tyler Lydon. You can see the J, you can see the thing that kind of looks like the and sign, and you can yeah. see the T. But look at how he did it. 
Look at how beautiful the top one is, and look at how the other one is kind of like, oh my god, I've signed I've signed 300 of these, and I, I need to go get some lunch right now. Yep. So they're yeah. both his signature, but they are similar enough, just like Tyler Lydon's, but look at how different these are. The top one just looks beautiful and elegant, and the other one looks more like a scribble. Yeah, I just want to get done, and I got things to do. So. Yeah. Same guys, you know, it's his real signature, but... Um, you know, they just, some of them take a little bit more time and, and you know, uh, care with them. And some of them are just trying to get on to the next thing. Yeah. And I know that this is not flare showcase, but it reminds me of the old flare ones where you would see the card. It was thicker and it was kind of like silver and elegant. They'd have a face in the background of the player and then the player in their jersey. And I just thought Panini did a pretty cool job with this rookie card of Malachi Richardson. And it looks like the flare showcase where we see Mally. And then we see Mally yeah. playing. Yeah, and then they, they, the facial close-up is, is kind of digitized. Yeah, so really it gives cool. it that effect. Yeah, yeah. Who is now that's a Toronto cool. Raptor and did not play in their series against Cleveland where they were terrible. But he doesn't cost that much money against them. He's only $1.5 yeah. $1. million. I know that we say it's only $1.5, but when I'm dealing with money for players yeah, and I'm dealing with, with guys getting $31 million like Kyle Lowry to do – Almost nothing at times. I'm thinking in my head, thirty million, thirty-one million dollars. Malachi Richardson, one point five million. That's nothing. Bargain basement. Right. That's a bargain basement. But if I had one point five million dollars, I would still do the show. But I would definitely be investing and putting some money away. And you know, if, you know, maybe, maybe buying, have buying seven, some more cards. Find some more cards. Maybe having <laughs> maybe having seven children. I don't know. So we're gonna. We're going to continue the conversation here with John, and we're going to be back in just a moment on MixLR.com backslash DT and here on Facebook Live. So we're going to finish off this video, but if you're watching this video, tell your friends, your fans, your friends, family, coworkers, colleagues, the neighbor down the street, whoever, let them know to get back to the next video. So we're going to end this video, but we're staying on Facebook Live, so stay with us and stay with us on MixLR.com dot com backslash wake up call dt stranger things facsimile or real here with john newman of newman sports cards and myself dan tortora of wake up call we'll be back in just a moment yeah it's funny these uh this is a wake up call fast break Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue 
in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hanging out with you right here. We're on video again on Facebook Live, video and audio. We have this nice video series that you'll be able to watch after it's live. You'll be see, you'll be able to see the playback on Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, on WakeUpCallDT.com, the hub of all things WakeUpCall, and on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. These two mean mugs will be hanging out with you, John Newman of Newman Sports Cards, myself, Dan Tortora of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're talking about the sports card world, memorabilia, hobby, connected to sports, sports in and of itself, and how what happens in the sports world can directly affect things, how hype directly affects things momentum directly affects things and you know how some some cards aren't given the respect maybe they deserve you know fred taylor arguably one of the greatest players that ever played for the jacksonville jaguars to some people the greatest player that ever played for them the greatest running back that ever played for them yet his sports card value does not show that Mm -hmm. i can get an autograph of fred taylor for five bucks i can get a i can get a, a jersey relic it starts at $1.70 on eBay. So we're going to talk about these things. There's, you know, the, the thing about sports card world is that every day it's something new. John and I are always constantly collecting, selling, looking. I'm looking all the time. So it's it's fun for me. Yeah. I like having my, my little my eBay thing up and searching and relics. And, you know, even as we stand here today and, and we're, we're talking with you on the show, if I go on eBay right now... So I'm going to do while we're talking here, and I, I search relic card. We're going to hit enter on that. We're going to see time ending soonest. You know, let's see what we got here. So, you know, there's there's some there's some stuff here from you know guys that aren't really big and bad, but there's some there's some other. I'm trying to find a player. Okay, so they have a Stefan Diggs refractor patch of his jersey, 19.99 right now. Or best offer. So or you, the best offer. You could actually offer the seller. Uh, a little bit less. All right, like this right here, Mark Teixeira, 2017 Top Series Two, a patch of his Yankee jersey for ten dollars and four cents right now, or the best offer. To me, that's a good deal. Then I look at you know a patch like Ricardo Lewis from the Browns, seven dollars and ninety cents could be priced too and, high. And if you look, there's only eight of those. It's eight of eight. Yeah. So it's a low printed card, but the player is just not the greatest, so it affects. Yeah, you can, and we've discussed that before. For. Is if you get a card graded by Beckett or graded by a certain company, or if yep. it's an eight of eight or one of one, that 
it's a very rare card, but you could be overpricing it if it's a very rare card of a player that. Yeah, I mean, it, you really know, a one on one of Mike Trout and a one on one of of Steven Piscotti are two completely different things. Like you know, whoever pulls that Piscotti card gets excited just because it's a one on one, but when that initial excitement wears off. You know, it's still Steven Piscotti. No offense to, to Steven, but... Here's one that I want. A piece of the old purple Raptors jersey worn by Vince Carter. Yeah. That, see that? But see, that's 99 cents. 99 cents, folks. And don't you dare go bid on it right now. <laughs> For those of you that are listening on MixLR.com backslash DT, and those of you that are here on Facebook Live, do not bid. I was not... Because I don't say what I bid on, but... Every once in a while, I kind of let it out and let people know what's going on. Shout out to the fan, Melissa Totora, listening in. Mike Sofka, who was just on the show, he's the man. Tim Jones, and, and to everybody that's here, Joey Khalil is a huge collector. And and jo- if John doesn't already know, Joey's going to be that guy that is going to be, you know, writing to you on Instagram and that's finding okay. you and, and getting in touch with you because John, you know, I, I know Joey. And Joey is like me. When I started collecting again it was like you know this is how my collection goes right i haven't bought cards in a while so i'll get a few oh you know what i'll get a few more and then (laughs) i go a little bit insane (laughs) so you know that's how sports cards go but i i love it i love the world so yeah it's fun you know and and as far as you know i know i've said this before on on the program too if anyone has any questions i uh you know uh, I consider myself sort of a an advocate for the hobby. If yeah. if if answering someone's questions or inquiries, you know, keeps them interested or or or, or in the hobby, that's really what it's about. Um, you know, money's nice, like I said before, but if if that's all you make it about, um, you're really not going to have fun. You're not in it for really. Your heart's not in it for the right reasons. Yeah, and it's just not not where you know the angle I, I use so and i'm looking i'm looking at all this stuff right now what's currently now give me something what when you look up stuff what are you looking up when you're when you're doing a little search engine I we're going to use ebay yeah as i have a i have a like a five to ten thing so i'll one of the terms i'll use is patch card okay you know um rpa is another one i'll use rpa is short for uh Rookie Patch Auto, um, Patch Auto. Another one that's kind of fun to use is if you type in Sick Patch, S-I-C-K, Sick Patch. People do, you know, where it's like the logo, or in the Jaguar's case, it might be the Jaguar part of the Jaguar logo. They'll call that a Sick Patch. So you can see um, it kind of narrows down that search, and you can get right to the meat of kind of what you're looking for. Um, and save you a little time. I mean, there's been times, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> I do a lot of eBay stuff at nighttime at the end of the day. Yeah. And, I, you know, my phone is also my alarm clock. So a lot of times when I go to bed, I have my phone and I might be actually looking on eBay and I'll fall asleep and the phone is somewhere in bed and I'll wake up in the morning and I can see what I was searching on eBay when I fell asleep. Yeah, I, I know, usually have it right over my shoulder. <laughs> and it's like at 2 a.m. I'm searching and I'm going, I'm like, people can't be up right now. I can oh, yeah. get this thing. You know, there's a Dwayne Wade right now, 31 seconds left on this. Dwayne Wade, three color patch, one of five. It looks like the home jersey and the away jersey. 
and it's yeah. Dwayne Wade for ninety bucks, which yeah, and you'll run the crazy. gamut. I mean, some of these things are in the thousands of dollars, and some of them are ninety nine cents. You know, and you can you can get steals. You know, eBay is is great for getting something at a great value, um, but you got to be careful because there there are some unscrupulous people that use eBay to to get someone who may not be as knowledgeable. I mean, we talk about those facsimile autos. Yeah, someone who's who's not a good person, let's say, might throw something like that on there and kind of portray it as an auto. Let's use that Gary Sanchez, for example. Yeah. Put the listing Gary Sanchez Heritage Auto and hope to get an unsuspecting maybe mom who's looking for, my son loves Gary Sanchez, an autograph, you know, only eight bucks. Yeah. And buy it. Think it's know, a steal. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the bad side sometimes of the hobby as well. You know, there's, there's good and bad. So we're looking up the RPA. There's some really cool stuff. I think this one's really awesome. And and the funny thing, again, sometimes it's about the patch and not the player. Yeah. Kenneth Dixon, who's done not a lot for Baltimore, this is an autograph card, but the patch is of the Baltimore Ravens, who he plays for. And this is a patch that has the purple and it has the white line. But it has the B of Baltimore, mm. and you can see it. And this is one of those cards where, if you're not a Kenneth Dixon fan, but you're a Ravens fan, you almost that's, buy it for the that's, patch. And that's most likely Dan, who who would be interested in that card. Yeah. Um, someone who's a Ravens collector, super collector. You know, a spe- I have I myself have a Rashard Mendenhall Steelers uh, RPA that has part of the the diamonds of the Steeler logo and the part of the S. It's a really Cool card. Mendenhall is just not the greatest representative of the franchise, <laughs> but I still get some interest in it um, just because of, it has a Steeler patch on it. So you, you, that's the perfect example of stuff like that. Yeah, where you see these really amazing, amazing patches that you know you don't necessarily like the player or want the autograph, but you get it so that you can have that right. piece of it and. Mike, or, and when we look at this, and like we said, with Mike Sofka and all that, we were just talking about fantasy football, and he was coming on there too. It's a go off of my conversation with Mike Sofka here on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards. Fantasy football, and when we look at you know the, the fantasy side of it, where you want to pick the players that are going to score the points that help you to win, there's a fantasy side of sports cards where, in reality, when a player does well, their cards go up. I feel like Mark Ingram is one of those guys that you can get his stuff relatively yeah. cheap, but now with Elvin Kamara and kind of the come-up of him, you see a different change. You know, you look at a Mark Ingram, you know, you mentioned a guy like Fred Taylor, who, yeah. who's a great back, but in the hobby world, he never really caught on people didn't you know flock to him yeah ingram's kind of the same ilk of today's game you know i think with taylor he played an error with a lot of great backs and kind of got overshadowed yeah i think ingram is now in that today's game is is in the same boat you know even on his own team he's got a young back that that took the league by storm yeah as a rookie you got the ezekiel elliott's you know now you got saquon barkley coming in the league and Ingram's not a flashy guy like maybe some of those guys I obviously just named. So he's kind of taken a back seat. The production's there, but people just card-wise 
just don't aren't that into them as they say they they go in different directions so sometimes success on the field as you just pointed out doesn't always equate to success in the the like car, in the car world, world yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's funny because Josh Allen you know his stuff went crazy and then this past week on eBay I saw it kind of like fade back a little bit yeah I think and so he's like this he's like this stock market. But, you know, it's like the Bills are like, yes, franchise quarterback. And then it's like, sell that for $199. Then the rookie card goes down and may it flow back up. And if there's good news in camp, if he's completing his passes, if people are seeing good things, then maybe I'm gonna, you want to sell that on that Tuesday. Well, I think what but happens goes is up and down. when they first draft them, the hype's at its highest point. Yeah. And then when more people start maybe you know, reading what Mel Kuyper and the Todd McShays and the scouting reports, and they see some of the not-so-good things said, that it, it, it tempers down that fever pitch a little bit. Like, you know, there's five quarterbacks drafted here, and this guy's kind of ranked five of at last on the list of the five first-rounders. Yeah. So they kind of go, now they, they put that energy in a different direction card-wise. Yeah. And it's it's really, it is, it's, it's, it's interesting about about what it does. You know, fantasy football is bonding to reality. Sports cards is bonding to reality. But like John said, it's, you know, Fred Taylor's not giving the respect in the card world that he deserves, which I'm fine with because I could stock up on my yeah. Fred Taylor stuff. But, you know, having 200 Fred Taylor cards might be having 200 bucks. where, you know, right now having Baker Mayfield, rookie card and autograph and this and that, that's like 400 bucks that I have sitting here, and Baker Mayfield might do absolutely nothing where Fred Taylor set the precedent of what you need to do in Jacksonville. So it's it's just kind of funny to me. And, and with Michael Jordan, even if it's a Michael Jordan, like the NBA Hoops 90-91 to 91 series, I got that yesterday, and I've seen the Michael Jordan card on eBay. It's not autographed. It's not special. It's normally numbered. It's not a refractor. It's not any of those things. But I saw people selling this card for... because it's it's an old Michael Jordan card. It's not a rookie. It's not an autograph. It's got nothing special to it, but it's Michael Jordan. And it's almost like if you have Jordan, Bird, Johnson, any of the years, you can throw it up on something and say, give me four bucks for this. It's in perfect condition. Give me four bucks. You can send it in and get it graded. Any any player that people considered like change the game or or transcendent players... They're always going to be a little more, um, you know, uh, demand or, or, or fondness for that player. You know, the Magics, the Birds, uh, John, uh, Jordan. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, you know, that, truthfully, that was really, I when I was a bigger basketball fan than I am even today, was that error. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I I consider sports cards, I hate to say it like this, it's sort of like day trading. Yeah. You know, um, James Paxton, who recently threw the no-hitter there uh, for Seattle, you know, not a lot of interest in his, his cards and literally throws a no-hitter the next day on social media, on, on card, on uh, sports card social media, everyone was posting their cards or posting, I'm looking for James Paxton rookies. Yeah. And... If the next start he goes out and gets lit up, that'll go away just as quickly. 
Although he just had two great starts. You know, people that might have not realize the start before the no-hitter, he had 16 Ks in that start. So he's on uh, probably looking at uh, pitcher of the month in, in Major League Baseball. So yeah, definitely of the week. Like here, <laughs> here we go with the Michael Jordan card from the series I got See, yesterday. Now, $25. Now that this is this is one of those things um, I, I, we, we, I kind of mentioned. Okay, this card's probably two to three bucks. Right, and they're selling this, it for twenty. This is a seller right that's trying to get a mom who's looking to buy, who maybe not knowledgeable, to buy. Oh, Michael Jordan, my kid would love that card. Yeah. And that purchaser might think because it's listed at twenty five dollars that it has to be worth twenty five dollars. You can put anything on eBay. For anything you want. I could list that same card, which I have, yeah. and put it at a million dollars. Right. So we're, now, so we're don't seeing sell that. it, but, you know, someone might at least draw attention to it and say, why is this worth a million bucks? Yeah, we look at this right now, and we have uh, Michael Jordan's basketball card, $53. Michael, J- it's, it's the same card, the 1990, the same card, $2.25. Yep. So you got to look out, too. When yeah, you're shopping on eBay for, dis- yeah, for discrepancy, though. Yeah, like, if Nolan Ryan, let's say Nolan Ryan's patch card is, you know, somebody's got it at $48 and someone has it at $650, and it's the exact same card. I mean, I've looked at, there's different colors. You know, one might be a purple card, one might be a green card, and one might, and, and with the different colors... This one is one of twelve. This one is one of one hundred and eighty. Yeah, it can get it can get confusion to someone who's not well versed in in the yeah. cards. You know, the thing I'm seeing now, the latest trend. It's really not even that new. I don't want to say latest trend, but the recent thing. There are guys now or, or people now that actually make homemade cards. They, oh my god! Yeah, they make homemade cards and they make homemade patch cards. So they'll buy, let's say, a Jaguars patch. Yeah. from like an embroidery place or, or wherever, make a card, let's say of Leonard Fournette, yeah. with a cutout window and then cut like the Jaguars head and put it on eBay as a Leonard Fournette patch card. Now, in in the description, not on the on the main part, the heading, but if you open the, the auction up yeah. and then look at the written description, there's where it'll put, this is a homemade card by me. But yeah. on the headline, it doesn't say that. Are there people so, that actually try to like put Panini in there? And, no, I mean then you're you're opening up a, a whole another can. And of you're worms. going to jail. But what what these guys are doing um, is the headline portrays it, the the you know, the auction title portrays it as a Fournette patch card, and then you have to open the description to find out that hey, I made this. It's a fa- it's a it's not genuine. Yeah, uh, it's a homemade, my homemade version of what a patch card could look like. But to someone who doesn't, a lot of people will not read the descriptions, so they will buy this card. I've heard horror stories where people have bought a card, got it, and then realize like it's not real. This is not real, and then contact the seller. Hey, and he he actually won't want to give the money back because his <laughs> yeah. answer is this. If in my description I told you exactly what it was, but they didn't get that far. They didn't open the actual auction up, so he's kind of CYA'd himself yeah. to try to not re- refund 
the the transaction. Yeah. So you get you know my advice is is be careful. You know read it, unless you know for sure reading that description is probably a, a good idea. The other yeah. trick that people do is the, the card's real. There's a defect in it. Maybe a corner's dinged. They don't tell you that on the main description of the auction. And then you have to open act the actual description with the paragraph. And then there is where it says, uh, sold as is, you know, uh, bad ding in left corner. But a lot of people bid on the card just on the, the auction description, the one line yeah. that, that appears on the listing. And that's why you want to you wanna hope that when you're looking at a card, that the card in the picture is the actual card. And, and that, that, that isn't online. always the case, too. Some, yeah. And that'll say, sometimes I've opened up an auction, and in the description it says, card in picture is not actual card. As a, it says as yeah. a representative. you got to look for honesty. I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's tricky. I, you know, when you're dealing with social media sales, it's a lot easier to get away with something when you're, you're f- 1,500 miles away from someone than in a face-to-face transaction. Yeah, because there's like the Jeremy Grant one that I had shown in the corner. It looks like maybe just a little bit. You can't really tell, but yeah. maybe just a little bit in that corner. And that's one of those things where if I'm buying a card, I want it to be a near uh, mint or mint condition. The other thing you can do, Dan, and I've done this as a buyer myself, if, if you're looking in an auction and let's say whether the card's expensive or not, but especially specifically if it's a higher-end card, yeah. you can request of the seller, can you send me some close-ups, take some pictures of the corners? Yeah. I want to see the condition of the card. If they want to make a sale, you know, they're or gonna a bit, it. they're going to do it. I've, I've been asked to do it on, on stuff I was selling, and yeah. I do it. I mean, that's part, it's the nature of the beast. It's, it comes with the territory. If you don't want to do that, then you're not that interested in, 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 you know, you talked about customer service. Yeah. Here's a great example of it. It's bad customer service of me to refuse to show someone pictures if they're interested in a product. And I'm so, hiding something if I don't have the time to yeah, show somebody pictures. Yeah, not all the time. It's it's yeah. It might be more laziness than hiding something. I've, yeah. I've, now, I've asked someone, hey, can you send me, you know, pictures of the corners of the card? And they'll say, oh, they're they're good. You know they're they're sharp and they yeah. might be and they're just lazy. I always look wanna... to when people respond and it sounds and I know things get lost in translation, but when somebody responds to you and it's abrasive, yeah. why are you asking me? Then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want. It's to funny there, you know, and I, I hate to. I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but when you get a dealer who might be who just deals in like high end cards, very expensive cards, yeah. $500 and up. And all their stuff is that they don't deal with the, the smaller stuff. Yeah. I try to do both. Some guys are just what we would call high end dealers. I tend to notice they're a little more fit that, that kind of, that kind of model yeah. where they're just, you know, a little bit, um, snobby if you, if you will. Um, you know, this is the card. Um, this is, you want it or you don't want it kind yeah. of a, a thing and not how i operate to each their own as as they say um i try to be more of an advocate for the industry the hobby sure it's nice to make sales that's that's what i like to do yeah i mean truth be told but if that's if that's your only angle if you know then you'd be you, if you're too much of a salesman and that's what you're about people see that stuff you yeah. know they know where your heart is and and 
do those guys still make sales? Sure, because someone wants that $600 card or they need it for the collection. But I'm more about, you know, I know it's it's an old cliche saying, i rather sell 10 $10 cards than $100 sale. Yeah. You know, um, just that's just my my mindset with that you know yeah and i think i think in all honesty i mean you have to when you're when you're doing this like for me i want to have fun you know i want to have a good time doing it i want to you know send it to people that appreciate it i mean i love when it comes to selling and like some of the stuff that has been sold i mean i look at where we've sent stuff to and you know i just got to send a card uh rashad penny refractor that i gotten and you know, in my description, you try to, you know, you want to put everything out there that you possibly can. So I put Rashad Penny. It's a refractor. It's 2018. I don't put in my thing that it's numbered because it's not numbered. Yeah. And then in the description, you know, you'll see what I say. It's it's like new. It's a, you know, rookie refractor insert of Rashad Penny and let people know what it is. But then another one that I just sold in Dominican Sue. This is another one here because of series like the Elite Draft Picks from Panini. I, you know, it looks like his rookie card because yeah. they do a flashback. And it's in his college uniform. Right. So he's in his Nebraska uniform. But I put in here 2018 Elite Refractor. There's no rookie in the description. Yep. If you go down to this, it says, get this Indomitian Sioux insert from the 2018 Panini Elite Series yep. for your collection. Yep. So somebody bought this from me. And yep. if they say to me, hey, Dan, you know, I thought that this was his rookie refractor. I would say, well, there's nothing in the title and there's nothing in the yep. description. Yep. Yep. You know? you, that's, and that's the right way of doing it. Not every, Let's be honest, not everyone is going to be honest as Dan Tatora there. You know? and, and eBay is famous grounds for those people to do business with because there's a lot of tricks and schemes you can do and actually still be legal. I, you know, like I told you, the one is... You know, the title will say something which isn't wrong. Right. And they'll, they'll, the disclaimer is actually in the description, which you actually have to open up. Many Read people it, yeah. will bid or buy a card off, off eBay without ever reading the description. Um, and that's where that, that uh, deception comes into play. Yeah, and you know, and when you, and when you do this and you have an opportunity to, to go about it, like I said, you know, with Saquon Barkley, it says rookie. With Matthew Thomas, it says rookie. But if it was something else, you know, if, like I said, if it's in Dominican Sioux, because, you know, like like we talked about, the average buyer is going to look at this and go, oh, my God, it's a rookie autograph. But for somebody that pays attention to football and knows what's going on, they know that Indomitian Sioux is not a 2018 rookie. Yeah. So I could put this up if I'm dishonest and say, two, I could say Indomitian Sioux rookie card, not put 2018. Yeah, there's all sorts of, right. you know, conveniently leave stuff out. Right, you know? but with this one, it's like you want to tell people, hey, this is an insert, it's a refractor, not a rookie. And yeah. and just so you guys know, this is this is what it is. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, because for me, I was a little nervous putting that up because I'm like, oh, my God, what if somebody buys it and they get confused? But, you know, I did my part. Yeah. 2018, no rookie card. Saquon, yes, this is his rookie card. It says rookie on it. And mm-hmm. that's what cards are supposed to do. But again, if you're the average person or grandma goes on or grandpa or mom and dad or your friends and girlfriend, boyfriend, and they go, hey, you know, I know that I know that they, you know, I, lo- I know that Dan is it's, a huge Indomitian Sioux fan. They might go for this, 
because the person that bought it's from Omaha, Nebraska, so they should know. But I mean, somebody might might do this and buy the card and give it to me, and I'm like, they're like, I got you the rookie. It was only four bucks, and then I look at it and I go, well, this isn't the rookie, and then the person feels terrible. Yeah, and there's so unfortunately in the hobby, there's a lot of un, that stuff goes on more, you know, more than than I like to to yeah. think, you know? you know. I'm like an honest to a fault where like I'll go back to the title. And go. Do I like this? Do I want to change this? Do I want to add something? I tell you, usually more than you need to know. Never yeah. less, because you got to be. I mean, even, I don't want to buy from you and have it be wrong. Yeah, even myself, I can. I'll, I'll tell you something that happened I, about a month ago. I got a phone call from a local gentleman. He was traveling down. Uh, his grandson lives uh, in. Um, Trying to remember the city. Uh, one of the small towns outside, about 45 minutes north of New York City. Yeah. I think uh, Montgomery or, or somewhere in that area, Rockland County. Yeah. And then he called me up and says, hey, I, I don't know anything about cards, John. My my grandson's a huge Aaron Judge uh, fan. That's his favorite player. And I'm going down for the weekend to visit the family and him. And I want to buy him an Aaron Judge rookie. Now, you know, and I told him, I said, I got an Aaron Judge rookie from three bucks to, you know, $60, you know, and, and I actually texted him a bunch of pictures with prices on it. That would have been a situation someone that wasn't honest could have really probably scammed that guy, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, that's why you that's, don't want to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you yeah, help me? Because I, But some that's people... not how I operate. I, I, I sent him pictures of my inventory from the $3 Aaron Judge to the $60 Aaron Judge, yeah. and I let him pick. You know, I wanted one card for his grandson, and I let him, you know, tell me what, what he wants. And I could have told him that $3 card was $10. Yeah. And... He probably would have bought it, and that would have been really bad on my part. And I, I just, I don't do business like that, you know. I, he, he actually picked out, I think, a seven-dollar Aaron Judge card, um, and you know, shook my hand, and he said, uh, "I'm sure I'll be doing business with you again." So yeah. you do, you do right by people, and you get that repeat stuff. I go to, I go to overpriced stuff. He might have found out later. Oh my God, this card's actually. You know, he sold it for twenty, and the thing's only eight dollars. He got, he got me. Yeah, that's and happened then, to me before. Yeah, so you know, those guys exist out there that do stuff like that. Um, it's sad, you know. They kind of, they kind of prey on someone that doesn't know stuff. Here in this situation, the grandfather, and the first thing he said when he called me is, "John, I, I found you online. I know you're local." I don't know anything about cards. My grandson's an Aaron Judge fan. I want to bring him a rookie card. I'm going. I'm on my way down there in yeah. a couple hours. Can we meet up? What do you got? If you got anything, and you know, it would have been a perfect opportunity if that was how I do business to take advantage of somebody. Yeah. But I, I just never, you know, I wasn't raised like that. I, I just, I don't do stuff like that. So the best business is repeat business. Yeah, and then you totally know, next time, next year, maybe it goes down again. If Maybe he spends a little more if that's the case. Maybe say, hey, man, this yeah. guy did right by me. I'll, I'll call him up again. And, and, and he'll tell and, other people about yeah, you. Yeah, word of mouth. Because that's the thing is, you you know, John yeah. says it's 40 bucks and it's a $3 card. 
you made $37 more than you were supposed to, but you're never going to make anything again no, off of and that. it's just the bad, it's you know, word of mouth works both ways, too. People oh, forget yeah. that. Word of mouth can be good. Hey, man, this guy's great. Dan's this. He's professional. And if your word of mouth works the opposite way, if if you do bad things, like, hey, this guy got me, yeah. he robbed me, he wouldn't answer my phone calls when I wanted to call him up and, and talk to him about it, you know, he was unprofessional this. So, you, you yeah. know... And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer where their mouth can, can make a break in, in itself. Yeah, and, and, I, and I dealt with that with a seller recently. I had paid. I told John a little bit about this. I had paid, and it was about three weeks. And so I looked into what I can do on eBay. And so I reported it and said I never received the cards. I paid for them. You know, I just want a reimbursement. Well, ironically, mysteriously, coincidentally, for all those people that know I'm being sarcastic... But it's, it's true. All of a sudden, the seller got in touch with me and said, oh, my gosh, I've been so busy. Let me check and see on yeah. your cards. And then my cards shipped out right after I had asked for, yeah. for something back. Now, the cards ship out. The case is still open from eBay, right? So I'm like, okay, the cards are out. So eBay should see that and, and know that I had asked. But now that they're coming out, it's going to close the case and not give me a refund. I didn't know what to do with it after this, but I'm not the bad guy. I paid three weeks before. I never received anything. So I just said, okay, you know what? I don't want it anymore. Well, this person got in touch with me personally. And when I went and I looked up on their their eBay site, I saw that when they've had issues with other people, they have not only had issues, but they've responded very disrespectfully, unprofessional, very abrasive, very much, you're the problem, you're an idiot. And so I get the cards. They say they got shipped. And this person sends me a message and says, I sent you the cards, plus I gave you extra stuff. Why are you trying to escalate the issue? And I responded very quickly, and I said, if you go and look at when I sent out that I wanted a refund, it was, in capital letters I wrote, before you sent everything out. I wanted to say, if I didn't report you, you probably weren't going to send me anything. There's no excuse to to take three weeks to ship anything. Right, and the thing is, once I told him... You know, once I said I want a refund, that's when I got sent the cards. And yeah, you, then it was, hey, you know what? Why are you getting me in trouble with eBay? Yeah, you call this bluff. Right. You, know, you don't contact eBay. That that stuff never gets sent out. Right. He basically, eBay, you contacted eBay. And I tell you what happens there because I've dealt with eBay for 22 years. I actually just wrote an article uh, specifically about it. But yeah. what happens in that scenario is you contact eBay and then they send the seller a message, hey, we have a, a, a complaint file. It's And then it's, a, you know, it's initially it's a scare tactic that usually works. Then the seller responds and does one of two things. Send you your stuff or issues a refund. In this case, he sends you his stuff. Um, but why didn't you do that when, you know, when I sell stuff on eBay, I, I literally, it goes out either that day if it's an early morning sale or the very next day. I, I'm yeah. at the post office. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I had they know me buy, on a first name <laughs> basis. Yeah, I had somebody buy something from me yesterday. And within within a couple hours, I was I was at the thing printing out my shipping label and putting it in. So you see that you bought it at 11 a.m. and it ships out at 2. Yeah, I mean, like that's, and, that's what And we're that tracking to do. number automatically goes onto the eBay site. So that's, that buyer says, oh, here it's coming. Yeah. Here's my tracking number. And the thing number. is, when you buy something, like, let's all be honest, when we buy it, if, if the computer could, like, 
open up a little a little piece of it and it just like flies through to you. I mean, we all want our stuff immediately. So after you bought it, especially after you paid, I mean, there's been times where I've been ready to ship something, but somebody bought it and they didn't pay for it. Yeah. And I've gone to put it out in the mail and I'm waiting. And I've, yeah. I've literally said to the person there, I'm like, I don't want to come back here two hours later because like five minutes after they bought it, I was ready to ship it. I got all the stuff. It's already set and ready to go. I got to print out the label, but you can't print out the label until they pay yeah. for it. Yeah. So, you know, for me, and especially in my situation that I dealt with, I just found it funny to have a seller write to you, why are you escalating this case when I'm going, go look at the timestamp on this. I sent something to eBay. They sent it to you. You sent it out. So why are you acting like I got all my yeah. stuff and then after I get all my stuff, now I'm asking for a refund like I'm some type of a bad business. Yeah. You know, it's like... Uh, my answer would have been, why didn't you ship it within three days right. of, of purchase? Right. Yes. I look at it and I go, if I complained to eBay at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday and you sent my cards at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday after three weeks of waiting, why are you coming back to me and saying, well, you did this and you did that? But that is the token thing that people do. When somebody it's wrong, it's called projection. Yeah. They take their sins, they realize their sins, but they put them on you so that they can yell at their sins, yell at you without feeling guilty. And some of these people probably convince themselves they haven't done nothing wrong. It's right. like people who lie. Like in his mind, they it was like, you got your stuff, but you They might believe their own lies. They yeah. don't even think, no, they're lying anymore, you know? Yeah. Like um, this person was like, almost like you go to Target, you buy a shirt. And then you're holding the shirt in your hand, but you're asking Target for the 1995. Yeah, eBay is a great no tool, but the the you know I analogize it as the wild wild west. You got a lot of nice people, good sheriffs, you know, people wear badges, and then you got your Jesse James on there yeah. as well. You 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 know your criminal types or shady characters. Um, you got to take the good with the bad. You got to be careful. You got to protect yourself. You know, I've bought stuff on eBay. And I can tell the seller hasn't shipped it in a few days. And I don't think it's anything wrong with messaging that person and saying, hey, I bought this. I you see you haven't shipped out. it. Yeah. Can you, you know, I kind of need it ASAP. Can you get that thing in the mail, please? You know, you be polite, you know, and, hey, where's my card? What are you doing? You know, you, you use some tact like, hey, I need this uh, kind of as fast as I can get it. Well, you know, can you please ship that out at your early convenience? And when I've sent those messages, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, I usually even get to, oh, I apologize. I meant to get to the, to the post office and then I had an emergency at home. Um, it's going out tomorrow, I promise, you know. Yeah. And and it's all good. And you don't ever have to get to that fallen eBay complaint deal. Yeah. Um, but after you know, three weeks, I think you kind yeah, of no, have, no, <laughs> have to do it. Yeah, I, you're, you're a lot nicer than me. I probably would have done it a little bit sooner <laughs> than yeah, even that. Try to be understanding. Yeah. And it's just funny because I always tell people... If you're rude to me, I'm like, in my opinion, I'm the guy walking down the street, and if you're hurting and I don't know you, I want to help you. Mm -hmm. So if you're rude to me, the person that comes after me, more than likely, is not going to be as nice as me, as caring as me, is probably going to step over you while you're bleeding to death. So I would not piss off a me, because there's going to be somebody where, if you don't send it out in a day... They're going to be up your butt every hour. Hey, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? And I don't want to deal with that. My dad told me a long time ago, people are going to talk about you. People are going to hate you. People are going to disrespect you. People are going to try and discredit you and your good name. 
Never give them a reason. Yeah. My dad always told me that. People will always talk badly about other people, even if you're the best person in the world, but never give them a reason. Never walk by a conversation yeah. and have somebody go, it, well, I don't like Dan because he's always late. And then you go in your head, oh, my God, I am always it's, late. It's funny you, you mention this. That uh, you know, my real job is uh, I'm in a transportation industry, and I, uh, I run an orientation for new truck drivers. Yeah. You know, our trucks, and I, I, I just remember saying this yesterday, you know, our trucks have that how's my driving 1-800 number on that. Yeah. And I tell my guys, you know, drive safe, drive you know, be good drivers, um, just as just for safety reasons, because there are people out there that will call that eight hundred number up and lie and say this truck's doing this. Yeah. So my message to them was just as recently as yesterday, don't those people are gonna make up stuff anyway, but don't give them any ammunition. Be as ammunition. Be a safe driver. You may get someone unscrupulous call and make trouble for you unwarranted and and not. Yeah. But don't don't be a bad driver and actually give them a legitimate reason to call yeah. that eight hundred. They're gonna complain about yeah, no matter what. Yeah. But don't actually be the person that has to say, well, you know what, John? They you know they were flipping me off. They were doing this, so then I cut them off. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah. I want to thank Ed for being on here. Mark as well. Donna, Matt, Rodney, Haley, Jerry, everybody that's that's been joining. We appreciate you very much. Shout out to Matt. Matt and I went to grammar school together. He's a big-time card collector, and he's a good person. So shout-out to Matt and, and, and everything that's going on. Hope you're well, brother, and hope, hope things are going good. So before we hop out of here, before we finish up the show, we're, gonna, we're going like an hour more on MixLR.com backslash DT. so you definitely got a bonus here. But we're going to rapid-fire kind of through these here on video and on MixLR of the cards that John brought in, or if you want to pick a few and save some, whatever you want to do, but show us what you got here. So this one I actually just got. It's from a product uh, produced by Leaf. Leaf's been around a while. They've, they've had a couple ownership changes yeah. uh, through the years. They're not as big as, as they once were back in, in the heyday. Yeah. Um, they do kind of a lot of oddball, like low-key stuff. But this is a product called uh, Leaf Heroes of the Game. It literally comes in one box, and in each box there's one cut auto. Um, I didn't open this. I actually just bought the card from a, a collector. But it's an actual Cal Ripken. It's numbered to 1,000. He signed 1,000 of these. And we talk about signing stickers. In this case, what Cal did is they sent him a bunch of these almost like index card materials where they printed his name and signature series yeah and he sent all these cuts back and then they packaged them in the frame and then they encased it um so it's not and, a jersey it's not a patch no, it's not and, a it, and, it, and it looks like a, a graded card this is in what's uh, this is actually a, a slab by beckett grading but they didn't actually grade it they just did the slabbing process yeah. and is leaf different with with Major League Baseball, and it is with the NFL. Yeah, they don't have any. Uh, I believe they have. Because the uh, NFL, it's, there's not as much. Yeah, and, Leaf doesn't have any licensing, so they okay. can't, uh, you know, put any logos or team names. In this case, they don't have to because it's just a, a cow ripkin. So they do a lot of stuff like this now. Yeah, because I was going to say, it, it's and it's funny too, again, with this being like the stock market, Leaf 
has, you know, if, if I look up a Baker Mayfield Panini autograph, it's $199, let's say. Just mm-hmm. brass tags, $199, somebody's selling it. So $199 for that, but if I look up the Leaf one, it's $39. Yeah. And you always say, why? Well, because Leaf can't put Cleveland Browns, Leaf can't put the jersey, Leaf can't even and, put his high and, school and or just, his uh, college. Even, even more than that, too, which you're absolutely correct, is their perception in the hobby. They're kind of like... The younger brother, you know, get away from it. Because I look at it like it's a Baker Mayfield autograph, just like it would. I mean, if it's Baker Mayfield, it's on this Leaf card, like it would be on a a football, like it would be on a jersey, like it would be on a Panini card. But it's it's the respect to the industry that you will see a discrepancy. I've seen like a Josh Allen two hundred dollar card that's thirty five bucks. The difference between Panini and Leaf. Yeah, and this, here's a perfect example. So I just I just sold Heroes actually two Cal Ripken autos before this one, both Panini cards uh, between eighty and ninety bucks. This card is again, as you mentioned, same guy, same player, Cal Ripken Jr. Cool. But being a Leaf product, this card's really only forty forty five dollars. Is is but it's the same auto as on the other two. But right. it's it's the company that produced it that that really affects the value. Yeah. In so this like case. hit and leaf and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they're they gonna can, they're right? gonna they're gonna be lesser valued, which is a good thing too because if someone's just looking, hey, I want to have a Cal Ripken Jr. autograph in my collection, I'm not really concerned that it doesn't say Panini or Top. Yeah, I'm not gonna sell it. It's, I just you know, want it. Yeah. And here's a you know that card was in Cal Ripken's hand. That's not a sticker auto. So to me, this is a great value. For someone who's looking for, a, a, you know, a Cal Ripken autograph. And we have just a couple of minutes left, so why don't, why don't we pick one? You want to pick right. one of the ones here, and then we'll save the other ones for our next show. Okay, that's no problem. So I'll pick this one. Okay. Um, he's kind of the talk of the town. He's actually kind of stole a little of the, the spotlight from Otani in, in, in L.A. This was the Braves' uh, Ronald Acuna, and he, he's the their rookie. Um, and this kind of shows you the rookie and it's this is graded by bgs nine and a half so gem met and um really cool beck it's very it's very pretty their slabs are great you know they're thick they're they're very tamper proof the the other thing i like to the beckett slabs over psa i've had some psa slabs where if you if you move the slab a little bit you can hear the card kind of moving inside the case which i don't like yeah this one these cards they're put the other thing that Beckett does with their grading process, they put the cards in a soft sleeve and then into the encasement, into the slab. PSA just puts the raw card without the soft sleeve. And I only know Beckett because I got the Beckett books growing yeah, up. Yeah. So this is not a rookie. No, that this is just Ronald Acuna. Well, it's his first man. Bowman. It yeah. I consider it a rookie. Um, that that's a whole dilemma for another show. Yeah. Rookie designation. It's Ben. It's a Ben Simmons conversation. Yeah. Who's but, a rookie? But uh, but this, you know this card is 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 on the rise. You know, it's funny. Two weeks ago, it probably would have been forty bucks, and now it's 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 inching towards a hundred dollars. And for that'll show you the volatility the volatility of the card industry. Two weeks ago, you could have had it for probably 40, 50 bucks, and now it's almost three figures. So yeah, this is timing 9.5. is everything. Gem mint, gold, looking very nice. This is graded by Beckett. It's the first Bowman, but technically not a rookie card. Ronald Acuna, centering's a 9.5. 
edges are a 9.5, corners are a 9.5, and the surface of the card is a perfect 10. Yep. Pretty close to what they call a black label in the Beckett grading industry. Yep. A black label is where everything got pulled a 10. Yeah. So, so this is not a rookie card, but it's his first yeah. Bowman. It, the only it's thing funny, this is here. not a rookie card per se, but it came out before cards that were considered his, his rookie card. It's very confusing, even to someone, even to me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, because you say, well, how can it not be a rookie? If you look at the 2016 stats, they have an asterisk because it's his minor league records. So there's no major league, which you'd think if he's in the minors, not in the majors, then this would be a rookie card because the only statistics are in the minors. Yeah. So we see first Bowman. And is that, you know, for anybody that's in the minor league to the majors, are we always going to see that first over Bowman? Um, Bowman does that. Not every, so Bowman not, Bowman tells you this is their first Bowman card. Yeah, so every every time they make a, a card of a player and that's their first appearance, it's almost, you know, we're getting a little bit into comics. Yeah. This is going to advertise okay. this is their first Bowman production. Okay. So he has Bowman cards since then. But you won't. The first Bowman only appears on this card. Okay. So, and do so. they do this for every? Well, I mean, for Bowman every, doesn't for every player. Form, yep, every player. Okay. Yeah. So that's Ronald Acuna, not a rookie card, but the first Bowman card. Yeah. Just kind of like a rookie card. And it's it's more <laughs> valuable than most of of cards that are considered his rookie. real rookie. This is a minor league. It's card. very confusing. Ronald for Acuna. So that coming from John Newman of Newman Sports Cards, we put on the video here. Where you can buy it's it's ecwid.com backslash store backslash Newman Sports Cards. It's right up here for you. They're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And John is here with me, hanging out on video and audio. I'm, I'll make it easy for everybody. I know that that's a long URL. If you Google Newman Sports Cards, it'll come up. Um, unless my son decides to break break off and compete against me, it's the first one that comes up. Yeah, so if you look up Newman Sports Cards, you will find it just right on Google, Yahoo, wherever. You will look it up there and find it, ecwid.com, backslash store, backslash Newman Sports Cards, or just look up Newman Sports Cards and you'll find it. To get to John and get to somebody who is caring, honest, and does his due diligence to make sure you're getting what you need when you need it and doing the best he can in the community here and to anybody around the world that wants cards so yeah and even if you just have a question you know i, I love making sales don't get me wrong but as I, I know i sound like a broken record but you just want to know something an inquiry that's uh i have no problem answering those those type of questions and really really quick just give the where you're writing your articles now uh baseball card life uh it's baseball card uh dot life uh, forward slash again if you go to google and and put in all one word baseball card life You'll you can it. get there um there's five of us writers we, we write everything about the hobby good bad i just wrote a piece we talked about ebay today i just wrote a piece that just uh, talked about my 22 year history with the website you know yeah. how it affected my card store back in the day and, and actually caused me kind of to go in a different direction the good, the bad, and ugly of it. Things to look out for. Kind of a, almost a history uh, of eBay, you know. Yeah. And we we there's we write all sorts of articles. Uh, a car, Mike Trout Super Fractor just sold for four hundred thousand dollars. So almost half a million dollars. A Mike Trout, a modern day 
a That's modern like day car. That's like amazing fantasy number 15, first appearance of Spider-Man. Yeah, it's just 40K. crazy. But, uh, you know, to think a card produced in, in this almost, you know, less than 20 years ago actually less than less than five years ago yeah. just brought almost half a million dollars you know we're not talking about the onus wagner uh pre-war you know pre-war card we're talking about a modern day card yeah just brought four hundred thousand dollars and if he craps out for the rest of his for the rest of his career who knows where it's going to go yeah so it's funny how things work out and how i can get a nolan ryan card for 15 bucks or a hank aaron card but Mike Trout, four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, what I don't want to see is the eBay commission on that thing. That thing is because that's oh, yeah. where it's sold is is on eBay. It's on so. eBay. Well, that coming from John Newman of Newman Sports Cards, myself Dan Satora of Wake Up Call. Thanks for watching us. Continue to watch our videos. Facebook.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. On Wake Up Call DT.com, and of course you'll find us at Wake Up Call DT on Facebook, at Call DT on Twitter, at Wake Up Call underscore DT on Instagram. Newman Sports Cards is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. John, as always, pleasure, my good thank sir. Thank you, thank you. Always fun. Have a great day, folks. We'll talk with you very soon. God bless and be well.